No, no. I've definitely woken up with my butt straight in the air, kind of cocked <laughs> sideways. Yeah. Oh. That's... <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a show where we talk about the sins and stuff that happened behind it. Um... Aaron forgot to give me any of the words that I'm supposed to say at the beginning of the show again. So that's what you get this week. Uh, This is a weekly podcast where we, the B team, take a deep dive into writing and editing uh, the whole process behind the CinemaSense videos from this past week. My name is Danae. I'm joined by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Chris Creasy, welcome back. Hey, hey. Nice to be back. (laughs) Uh, Aaron has abandoned us. To join his famous friends at the Critics' Choice Awards in L.A., yeah. we're not we're not bitter, we're bitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, not bitter at all. Um, we, the three of us, write, edit, and do all sorts of other things for Cinema Sins, TV Sins, and the Music Video Sins channels. So, um, but hey, before we actually kick off the show proper, if you want to hear our first episode with Creasy, it's episode number sixteen. Um, but a lot's actually kind of been happening since that episode, Creasy. So do you want to bring everybody up to speed? Because at the time when we chatted last, you were editing a lot more. And now you're like basically running the place. Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't say I'm running the place. Uh, but I am. I Right now I'm more hands off uh, on the day-to-day editing and stuff like that. Uh, I I just uh, kind of supervise and help out with uh, the channel from time to time uh, and occasionally review edits now. Uh, but, yeah, I'm trying to be a more big-picture person here at the the main company, management company, Made in Network. So uh, I'm also working on some other channels, so that's been nice to get a little variety. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Ashley Stamper has moved into the project management position, and she's been taking care of the day-to-day edits and making sure the team uh, stays on task and, you know, just – trying to improve everything in uh just our own little in our own little ways and stuff like that you know making it work for us and now like when things happen like sin week for example um you know we work alongside the whole team but you know you kind of are more in that i'm gonna say management type role where you're kind of helping everything run smoothly so you now do a lot more of that and they gave you like a whip right so that you can whip everybody into shape no, no, HR uh, won't give me the whip. Oh. They just have it in oh. a glass box that says break in case of emergency. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no uh, yeah, I, that's kind of, yeah, I'm just here to help out with uh, stuff like that now. Uh, since week is ho- uh, hopefully going to start rolling here, here uh, and soon we'll start seeing how many people we're going to have and uh, get some more details nailed down for that. I know that you guys have been working more on the uh, the events and stuff like that on your side. Um, yeah. The planning yeah. is in full swing for Sin Week. We're really excited about it. In fact, Aaron and I are going to be visiting Nashville to meet with you guys in person soon, too, so we can put our heads together and make sure that it's not lame. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't lame last year either. So I heard. Yeah. I heard. But see, I'm coming this year, so there's a really huge chance that it just all gets ruined. I have a... <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I think it'll anyway, be awesome. The more the merrier, you know? That's true. That's true. Well, we're excited to have you on the show. Thank you for taking time to hang out with us today. Are you guys ready to get started? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into the Sin Side Scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. 
All right, we're going to take a look at the videos from this week, the process of sending them and editing them and our whole experience with how we felt about the show or movie in general. We're going to start off on TV Sins with a little thing called My Hero Academia. Uh, Aaron and I wrote on this one. And do you guys have any experience with My Hero Academia? Nope. No, no, yeah, I've never, I'm not a huge, like, my anime uh, experience is Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z. There you go. And, and maybe uh, a little bit of Last Airbender. Yeah, I was, I, I've seen some, like, uh, um, good God, my volume. Um, I've seen very little anime. Yeah, I'm, I just, it's not a, it's just not a style that uh, appeals to me for whatever reason. Uh, I've I tried really... to watch it many, many times. Like, I've tried to watch all the popular stuff. Right. That people recommend to me, but uh, yeah, I've never really been able to get into it. And I tried to actually watch the pilot of this, thinking that would help me understand <laughs> this video, and I, I couldn't make it through the pilot. So really, yeah, yeah. Oh well, I have um, I think more anime experience, but because of my l- lack of um, my memory issue that I have, where I just gotta like do a big dump of information, I. I was more into like the anime like movies where you could sit down mm-hmm. and watch everything from beginning to end and it wasn't necessarily series based because my brother was huge into anime anime. So like uh so Spirited Away was one that I remember. If you guys haven't ever watched that one, that was a really, really good one. So I don't I, I actually like this style a lot and um it was really fun to sin this because you're kind of sending a style in a way and the fans definitely picked up on that. Um, but anyways, what did you guys think about uh, watching this <laughs> this video? What was your experience? Because for us, this is, I think, there's two, both of the TV sins this week. We changed up our format and we went, no, instead of doing the pilot. Nope. nope. No? <laughs> no? No, because one of them got switched. <laughs> oh, that's right. So that's going to happen later. You, well, hold on real quick. You have Mandalorian as the next one, right? <laughs> Yes, that's okay, right. Good. That's right. That's okay, right. That's right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're right because we had to switch things up. So this one uh, and another one that we'll talk about later, I guess, <laughs> where is where we uh, drop right into the basically the middle of a series instead of going pilot. And yeah. so it was not only anime style, but it's definitely it was really crazy to just have no context for so so many things like. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't have done that, but it was a super popular episode, so we thought we would. Um, so it was confusing watching it. Was it confusing watching the Sins video? How did it feel? Um, you guys did a really, really, really good job with it, though, because this was you and Dicer, right? Did you say that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So this is you and Dicer. So I had just heard you guys talk, and I know Chris helped out with it, too. So I had heard a lot of comments about, you know, it was crazy diving in to the middle of the show and all that stuff. So I, maybe it was just my, I was expecting it, you know, a little differently. I don't know. But I, it, it, I, you guys played off on that really well. Let's put it that I thought that was really funny. And that ended up being a really good part of the video where uh, you're directly saying, you know, the, the fans requested this. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. This is, so this is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, when I was watching this, I was, I was totally lost. Uh, definitely had some things that reminded me of... Uh, Watching anime as a kid, uh, 
with like uh, just the the whole inner dialogue while they're trying to fight each other, but yet they're standing on opposite sides of the field, just looking at each other for long periods yeah, of time. I was gonna say that's a big anime thing, right? It yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> Without the bl- and there's no blinking, there's no uh, there's no eye eyes closing ever. <laughs> I actually had that written down. That was one of my favorite scents. <laughs> Where he was just like blink, blink. I mean, it was really intense a few times watching it where I, I realized like my eyes were starting to dry out because yeah. I'm just like, I can't handle there being no eye movement, apparently, but, except for like the shimmering sort of light back and forth mm-hmm. anime thing. But I think Aaron was saying like, because his kids were really into this, I think, right? And yeah, uh, this has like become like, I guess what the X-Men was for us. For, yes. or for me for a lot of a lot of kids today mm-hmm. um, and I can see that um, and maybe if I actually you know gave it a chance and started watching a few episodes I could definitely see it being something you got into but yeah you could tell like by this episode the style of the show is already established and there's it looked like there was 47 storylines that were being answered um, mm-hmm. I'm really curious why this is a favorite episode uh, I think I I read a lot of the comments on this one, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I obviously tried to look up information on the whole universe of MHA so that I could learn what uh, quirks were because they call their powers quirks mm-hmm. and um, and to kind of get caught up to this point in the show. And I think it's just the backstory of the various characters because, you know, you're revealing uh, and also that character comes into his full power. Like he decides to use his firepower instead Mm -hmm. of just his ice power. And then um, the uh, oh goodness, I just forgot all their names because that's just me. But, you know, also just the the one the finger flicker, that guy, (laughs) he (laughs) I mean, God, watching this show for the first time with no context and he starts to flick his fingers and then they break. I was like, what the hell is this? And then it keeps breaking over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. And that really bothered me, actually, just to kind of sidetrack the there's just such an emotional buildup when you're watching it because everything is so intense. So it's like, I only have a few more fingers left. Oh no, I can flick my cheek too. It's like, uh, okay. So where is the, it's like, everything is just building all this fake tension. Mm-hmm. And I really, that, that just kind of gets annoying. It's sort of like a friend that always calls you and always has drama and there's mm-hmm. never like a ceiling for, okay, when are you going to come down a little bit? And the show I mean, it was just on 10 or 11 the entire time. So it was kind of crazy. Well, and then it looked like it, what did it, it ended with like a, a flashback to like child abuse or something. Yeah. So that was part of the the guy who had two-toned hair, his his backstory for like his upbringing, how he got the scar on his face because his mother poured boiling water on his head because she remind he reminded her of his dad. I mean, it was really weird and it was hard to, I mean, obviously really hard to watch and, and to, to kind of really think about this being part of someone's story and to know that this is actually, some people actually have this kind of tragic uh, mm-hmm. childhood. And so I wanted, I wanted to write a sin about that. And, and I, I tried to, to walk that fine line of on like in a weird way, honoring that people have this experience. And it's just, it was a trigger. The whole, that whole mm-hmm. three minutes was just like, this is filled with horrible stuff, even though it's really true stuff and it's heartfelt stuff. It's, it was really 
hard. So I think that's, again, one of the big things about this particular episode. And also that the finger flicker brought it out of him, you know, like because he kept egging him on. And I don't think we showed that um, happening a lot. But he Mm -hmm. would say he would say stuff like you can't be the number one person if you're not going to use your full power like we're out here giving our all and you're holding back so you don't deserve to be number one unless you give your all even if it means you know you're using this other power that you don't want to use so that's a huge part of that story as well um the fans of the show seem to be kind of okay with us going and digging at it uh sila leon said Having seen the whole show, I'm a huge fan of BNHA, but I'm so glad you guys did this episode. I started crying laughing at the Derpy Derp song, even though watching the actual episode for the first time brought me to tears as well. And I, I wanted to talk about this one now because that's uh, was really prevalent in the comments with people being like, this episode was like, it made me cry. This was such a big deal. And Aaron's kids said that too. They're like, this is a big episode. And so, hmm. but they still had fun watching it and watching us in it. And the reaction to like, oh, my God, Jeremy's doing anime was so fun to read. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. Yeah. yeah, it's it's always a little bit intimidating whenever you go in to send something that everybody, you know, is beloved. So uh, Aaron um, added that the problem here is that there's so much soap opera and melodrama in most anime that it only takes a couple episodes to not know what's going on. It was a blast <laughs> to sin, though. The endless talk fighting, the derpy derp song will go down in history as one of the greats. Um, and then he also enjoyed the welcome to anime. Uh, he, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll add another comment, but I want to hear more of your guys' thoughts before his last comment. Go ahead, Creasy. What did he think about the video that you enjoyed? Oh, I mean, uh, I, it was very, it was fun because I haven't really watched an anime in a really long time. So this really made me want to watch Dragon Ball Z again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I feel like uh, Stamper would probably be better because she loves this show. She she's a huge fan of uh, anime, and I think she was a big fan of uh, like uh, this show in general. I think she was also one of the people who uh, helped recommend it uh, way back when. Uh, there was one sin that I really enjoyed by Jeremy. Uh, I don't know who wrote it. Uh, well, it was Jeremy reading line saying, "I can't uh, I can't relate. I have an I have unlimited power to sin. Uh, feel my wrath." And the only yes. thing I could think of was just Jeremy in the Emperor's costume going, unlimited power. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think the interesting thing about this anime compared to some others, though, uh, is that like this is a specific genre. I don't know exactly what the name of it is, like show, uh, Shoujin or something like that, uh, where it's just like it's pretty much just two people facing off every episode or every ten episodes. <laughs> so... I, I don't know. I, I don't know a whole lot about anime, but I know that uh, these tend to be the more popular ones for, like, younger kids. And then yeah. it has a has a really weird grip on certain people who are adults. Like, like uh, people who are in their 30s who are watching this, like, they are all about it. And I, I still – I don't understand. I don't think I've ever been so fandom about anything as much as some people <laughs> are about these kind of shows. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And, and, you know, there's, like, there's so much context. You know, there's the, I think there's a movie, and then there's uh, there's a manga series that's written and illustrated to kind of pull from. So this is, like, an entire world, and we're just watching, you know, this tiny little blip of it. Um, so one of the, the, one of the sins that Aaron wrote, which was really fun, uh, he wrote um, a sin about Snuffleupagus. 
And he thought it was Snuffleupagus with an F instead of a P. Yeah. And so in the script, he wrote, you know, his Snuffleupagus and then it was corrected. I think Chris corrected it. And he goes, uh, so he wrote t- for the notes today, he says, I was today years old when I learned that I have been mispronouncing and misspelling Snuffleupagus my entire life. <laughs> so, you know what? That just happens from time to time. But that was, he, he had a little eye opening yeah. moment where he realized that. <laughs> I guess we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks when we talk about the show, but or maybe this is even going to be next week. But um, Danae, you taught me the meaning of a word that I thought did not mean that. Oh, I don't know oh, if you remember yeah. this. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be an interesting one. <laughs> well, um, like it, I said, thankfully, it's not something I used in my everyday language. So. Right. For real. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts or, or highlight moments from My Hero Academia before moving uh, on? I really liked the send, um, where was it? Oh, I haven't seen Fingering This Dangerous since the movie Fear. So <laughs> I am 99% sure that was Chris. But um, I loved it. That one was a that was an interesting one, too, because when Aaron wrote that one, it actually had a different context. Uh so, um, and then Chris, they kind of went back and forth and kind of oh, created gotcha. a new sin out of it. So it was like a little combine moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I like where they landed because um, when that one popped up on the screen, my husband was like, oh my God, I totally forgot. Like, I don't even, you know, because yeah. I don't remember yeah, no, stuff. It's, uh, so it's Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon on, is yeah. it a roller coaster? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so that was a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Late 90s, man. Good times. Uh, Good times, good times. All right, well, let's go on to the next one. We, as you heard us kind of reference, we had to move some stuff around, and here comes bum, bada, bum, 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 Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> this was myself and Mr. Watkins mm-hmm. writing on The Mandalorian. So why don't you talk a little bit about your experience with, <laughs> the, uh, with writing it? Probably the two people in the company least into Star Wars. <laughs> this. Yeah, and didn't we do? We did Rebels too, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, What's for the happening? record, I mean, I've I've seen, I, and you have too. I mean, we both we've seen most of this, most of the Star Wars stuff, but um, I would say not as diehard of a fan as like Aaron or or Chris or Barrett or whatever. But um, no, this was a lot of fun. I had already seen this. I've I still haven't finished the series. I've only watched the first five episodes um, or six, maybe I can't remember now. I've got two or three episodes left, but. Um, um, I'm really enjoying it, so it was it was really fun to be able to do this. Um, um, I'm really I'm really glad it's out there. I think we did a I think we had we had a lot. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was. Hey, Creasy, what what's your experience with Mandalorian? Just in general. Oh, I've I mean I've watched the entire series. Uh, I I did like the day it came out. I was watching that episode. Yeah. So yeah, I've uh, I've enjoyed it. I've kind of followed some of the 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 writings about it online and uh just trying to see what people are thinking about i was kind of hesitant because like everybody was just like oh it's the it's the best space western ever and i'm like no that's firefly but uh <laughs> uh but technically but yeah, you could no. say yeah yeah that's right that's right no that is firefly no you're right 100 percent. i agree with you on that one actually <laughs> no. i do too no i i enjoy it thoroughly i think uh you know john favreau uh has restarted so uh has done started so many uh great things he started the uh mcu with iron man and now he's starting his own little thing with star wars so i'm happy to see well, whatever it's cool he, too, he does. Cause it yeah it feel i mean it 
it's it feels like a TV show though. I mean, it, it's like they do it like I don't know. I don't I don't know if that makes sense, but like because I've heard a lot of people talk about how you know maybe they should be doing this in the movies, and it's like well no they shouldn't because this is definitely a TV show. It's not a movie, and um, I'm just impressed that they could even make that work because I I think that's harder to do than people would 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 imagine. Yeah. Um, well, when you've got something that's mainly a movie, you know, because they're very different formats. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's done in a spaghetti western style esque, yeah. and then it's got like the whole like story of the week aspect to it, which it mm-hmm. makes it more like a dime store comic book a little bit, like the way the story is yeah. told, and like it all kind of comes together. And you know, this first episode is just like really great at like you know not giving you too much information, but giving you enough to keep you hooked. Yeah, yeah, I found that too. You know, especially with uh, showing the the asset just at the very, very end, and it being just such an adorable moment and kind of a surprise. And then the second episode, you know, I've watched the first three episodes, and um, there was just so many beautiful, like, cinematic moments visually of just this Mandalorian and then this little floating pod beside him, and just like this juxtaposition of you know, a grown warrior with a child infant. And that's something that's like echoed through many stories. I was kind of getting into some blogs and such uh, over the weekend as I was thinking about, you know, just, I think that's just been beautiful to watch. I really have had a good time. Like I had, this is one that I had to watch a couple of times before I was really getting, getting into like the sin mode a hundred percent. Cause I was having a, a good time. I love the star Wars world. Um, I have a good time with all the creatures that are created. Um, and then, but it is interesting to watch a show where the, the, the main character is just a mask and it, it, it does change some of how you interpret what you're, you know, you're seeing. Um, and so once I realized that that was affecting me, you know, then you're trying to write like what's behind the mask jokes and you're always trying to figure out a way when you're writing these scripts to enjoy it but then find something that you can kind of nitpick about it or have fun with at the same time so um but i had no idea what to expect as i was watching it um so i I had a really really good time though and i love the music as well i think it's some of the the most like standout music that i can remember in a show in recent history yeah we got called out for not taking a sin off for the music yeah, we also got uh, called out for not taking a sin off from Baby Yoda. Let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that seemed to be the main thing. Yeah, you can't you can't send Baby Yoda. Um, well, but I, you we were did. talking about. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, you were talking about the ma- like him wearing the mask throughout the entire uh, series and episode. Uh, and I, you know the thing is, like he even though it's just his voice acting and like subtle body movements, but he brings such emotion. Like yeah. you can tell what he's thinking, and that's the cr- great thing about yeah. it. Like, and that takes crazy. a really good actor. I mean, it's crazy, or maybe even a really good. Uh, is it cinematographer who does the who shoots the the, the camera angles? Or would that be the cinematographer? Yeah, the cinematographer does lighting, and then he also uh, he also can set up. The, he tells what the shot is. And the so dir- would it director, be the director then? Yeah, the director has more control over that. Uh, but yeah, he yeah, can, I, I'm thinking of a. A particular scene. So this is in, um, I think, episode three. So uh, apologies, apologies if you haven't watched. But there's this moment. I, I'll try to keep it as spoiler free as possible. There's this moment where the Mandalorian looks in a trash can and he sees a certain object in the trash can, um, and it's it. He's making a decision on whether he's mm-hmm. going to go and um, 
like what he's going to do with his choices. And he looks in the trash can and he sees this this device that has a lot of meaning to him. And so it's just this mask looking into a trash can. But the way that it's shot, like you said, Creasy, or just you know what he's thinking. And there's like a lot of emotion there. And of course, the music is playing and things like that. So yeah. I really thought that was impressive. That particular scene is one that stands out to me. I actually watched the la- the next two episodes just over this weekend. So they're really fresh in my mind. Yeah. We got called out for the mask, too, because at least one person did, because we had that sin about not showing Pedro Pascal, but it was oh, a joke. Right. It was a joke. Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. okay with the mask being on. <laughs> I really like, there was someone who wrote something, I don't remember what, uh, where it was at, but it's like, you must be new here. <laughs> you, you clearly don't know what channel you're watching, because this is normal. <laughs> like, well, there's a part funny of our comment. job is to oh. troll you. Go ahead. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Uh, oh no, it's okay. Uh, no, I was gonna say there was a funny comment about something you, we, that you, we send. Like it's the first sin is that he's wearing a cape, and it was just mm-hmm. like Cinema Sins complains about a cape, and then uh, says me this uh, this is the way. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few things on the cape too. Like people people know a lot about the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. No, it is kind of cool to learn about that again because if if you're thinking about it from the narrator's perspective, the narrator is watching a show just as it is. He doesn't necessarily know all of the lore, and sometimes we play that he does know by going to wiki fan pages, or mm-hmm. you know, we'll write a sin where it's like, "I just went and looked this up, and then now I know X Y Z." You know, we mm-hmm. could kind of write that in, but there is a truth to not being able to know everything about My Hero Academia or not being able to know everything about Star Wars. So I, I do like learning those things from the comments. and Absolutely. Um, but still, the cape was ridiculous. I'll stand behind that one. So were you going to well, say something about Baby Yoda? Me? Yeah. I've got yeah. so many thoughts about Baby Yoda. <laughs> but go ahead, Creasy. Well, I was going to say, like, that's the nice thing about, like, the, the way they did Easter eggs in this was very subtle. Like, uh the the guy he catches uh the first bounty he catches at the be- in this episode and he talks about life day which is a nice little throwback to the christmas uh ep- the christmas special that aired on television yeah mm-hmm. so uh-huh. even though i've never seen it which is sad for me but uh i love those like little little things you know like oh if you know star wars really well this is for you like these little nods mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah and that, that's 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 what easter egg should be too i mean mm-hmm. there should be like it, you shouldn't have to know stuff, but but if you do know it, it just makes it all that more interesting or that more rewarding, I guess. That was yeah. one of my favorite sins to write was when he's talking about you know like what was it getting rid of his bowels or whatever he was talking about. Yeah. Um, and the sin about the Instagram uh people who are uh showing goats having sex and peeing. Like I don't want to see that. I just want to see your candles. That's actually based on me and my searches on Instagram. <laughs> like, that's real. I follow this one particular channel or this one particular uh, uh, person, and they live like a super granola life. Uh, and it's fascinating to watch. But then one day, it was all about um, taking their goats to go procreate, and they're showing the whole thing. And I was like, I just don't feel like goat sex today, guys. I just. I'll just skip. And then the next two panels are him like peeing off of a cliff. It's like, okay, cool. Thanks for showing me your stream, man. Have have a great day. Just I wanted to see your cool wax candles. That's all. Like, stop. (laughs) 
So I like that was the idea fun. that though you said today's not a good day. So there so there is a good day for goat sex is what yes. you're saying. Yeah. But that but was not, not that it's day. It's not Wednesday or whatever no. that day was. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday is goat sex day, everybody. Um not taking sins off for baby Yoda. So so here's my thought on the, the final sin, um, which was kind of like the whole point was there was such an uproar about it's not baby Yoda. Stop calling him baby Yoda. And this whole thing back and forth as the Mandalorian, you know, blew up the Internet mm-hmm. and blew up Twitter. And there's all these back and forth. So the entire like last moment was a sin about just trolling that moment. It wasn't mm-hmm. actually a sin for baby Yoda. It was a sin for that that back and forth. And I loved being able to end it with like, uh, just kidding, guys, calm down. Because I, the idea that that Jeremy would call it baby Yoda and that the internet would be enraged because it's not baby Yoda. And then he can, he's like, calm down. I know. I know. Yeah. It just made me, it made me so happy to think about. <laughs> yeah. Cause we able- both had, um, yeah. we both had variations on that. We were both like, we were both in the same thought process when it yeah. came to the end. Yeah. Um, like we want to, we, we don't necessarily want to send baby Yoda. Like we, we, I didn't intend to it to have that tone that we were actually sending mm-hmm. it. But it, I can see how it came across that and way. He's also he's also only in that one. He's only in that stinger at the end. So if we mm-hmm. were doing a different episode where he's in more of it, maybe we would take a sin off. Yeah, but he but was in just that so moment, quick. It just didn't. Yeah. It didn't make. It didn't really make sense to do that. It felt. It felt more fun to troll. Yeah, it did feel more fun to troll. <laughs> it, um, which just means that I'm embracing my dark power, <laughs> my, my dark side. <laughs> Uh, what else stood out to you guys on this uh, particular episode, The Mandalorian, before we move on? Well, the fact that uh, you guys didn't call out Carl Weathers for being a discount Lando Calrissian. Oh. No, but I did say, I, we did say that he wasn't uh, hunting predators. Yeah, or fighting a Russian. So that was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Holy crap. I love, the I love Carl Weathers too much to call him a discount Lando Calrissian. Oh, the, sh- the Shrimply Pibbles commentary continues. Let's just talk about that super, super fast. I am in a back and forth. I'm not going to call it an argument. I'm just going to call it a back and forth conversation in the comments as we speak. Um, someone's like, he's not Shrimply Pibbles. And I was like, it's on IMDb. And they're like, no, it's not. And I don't even know how to argue with that. Because if you go <laughs> to IMDb and you look, then it, it says it. So I don't. I decided to stop. I decided this is not the hill that I want to die on. I don't want to die on the Shrimply Pibbles hill. <laughs> and if we want to call somebody Shrimply Pibbles, who cares? I mean, we said we called the Mandalorian Pickle Rick. So We did. Yes, we did. Because we don't know what's behind that mask, you guys. We That's don't true. know. It could be a pickle. It could be a pickle. Anything else that you guys wanted to <laughs> point I just, out? The the dark vignette filter. Uh, or oh, vignette, or How do you say that? Was it vignette? Vignette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vignette. Um, yeah. Oh, and then... The, yeah, which we kind of touched on this at the beginning. We were talking about this, but uh, our comment about westernizing Star Wars, and then we had a bunch of people say, well, it's already westernized. <laughs> which I had never really thought about before, but I kind of I get what they're saying in a way. But this is so much more because it's the music. It's the yeah. riding on an animal across the desert. Like there's so, It's so much more on the nose for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, let's not joke. I mean, Han Solo was a cowboy. I mean, that's right, the space yeah. cowboy. Space cowboy. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, what I loved though, I I'm I'm a sucker for a good uh, trimmer reference in the outtakes. The Kevin Bacon. Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that was fun. We've, we've, I think we've done that one before too. It's just, that's a great, that's a great, like, uh, that's a good cutaway shot. Cause it's yeah. just him going, you know, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's, I still remember as a kid seeing that in the theater. And I mean that I still remember seeing that scene in the theater. Like that's how, that's how prominent that scene is in my movie, uh, cinematic history. Man, I watched that one on television. Uh, I was over at like a friend's house and they had it on their TV. I don't remember how old I was. I want to say I was like 10 or so. Mm -hmm. And it was terrifying, obviously. (laughs) Um, uh, Especially like the whole like uh, creature inside of a mouth of a creature. That was really disturbing. And like the, you know, the big gaping maw that opens up which is now one of my triggers for fear but i remember the moment when it flies off of like the cliff and then and then falls down and then you know yeah that's the same scene actually explodes and in gore i uh, there was another small child probably five that was also there Mm -hmm. and the the dad turns and says to the little kid don't worry honey it's just ketchup (laughs) <laughs> and i don't know why but that's always stood out to me it's like does that make it any that's weird? really like, funny too weird? because that's the exact same scene like that's where it cuts to kevin bacon after it goes through the cliff and he says that oh uh, that's funny what don't worry that? honey it's ketchup speaking oh of ketchup God, and food so let's talk about bieber oh. um this week on music video sins um our beloved Mr. Cher uh, goes at Bieber for the auto-tuned cotton candy for the win. Um, this this one is interesting. It, this is yummy, I believe is the title. Uh, I think that's pretty clear as the entire thing is just all yumminess. Um, we here on this show don't usually spend a ton of time talking about music videos because oftentimes it's like either like a skip scenario, but then sometimes we actually do like really get into deep conversation. I'm going to guess this week we don't have deep conversation about this one. What did you guys Uh, think? This (laughs) this this song is, is really bad. Barrett actually had, that's basically what he said, right? Oh my gosh. I have, yeah, we've got some great commentary from him this week. And he's actually, I mean, I don't know if I would say he's a huge Justin Bieber fan, but he's definitely one of he the appreciates few people I music. know my age that is uh, definitely my age that's male that has had positive things to say about Bieber. Uh, but I, I know he did not like this, and rightfully so, because it's, 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 it's just awful. Yeah, I mean, Creasy, do you want to talk anything deep and, and meaningful about what you saw on the music video channel this week? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, when my thing was is like the food that they brought out, like in the musical chairs, it was just so weird. I just was there was a lot going on in this video that I was just like, what the heck is this actually about? I understand, I get the food and the yummy, but I mean. The plate that he brings out with him, or the first plate they get, bring him, looks like it's the fire festival sandwich, and I'm just like, <laughs> okay, I, I just I don't know what's going on with Justin's uh, musical uh, career right now, but I'm hoping he figures uh, himself out. Yeah. It was um, it was hard to watch. It, it wasn't hard to watch Mariah Carey. Hard to watch. It was hard <laughs> to watch. Like, like. What is the song? It's not obviously not about food. This is about sex. 
um, and the whole metaphor, but the food looks disgusting and the people are like a different, I mean, people are attractive. I, I don't like to do like the whole, like, this is what an attractive person looks like. Yeah. But the portrayal of attraction is interesting. He's underdressed. They're all overdressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's he has, wearing a, he has pink a, hair. He's wearing a holy pink it's got holes all in it like this pink hoodie with a candy necklace on or wait maybe that's what was pink did he have pink hair also yes yeah, he, he also has had pink, pink hair. hair and i think mm-hmm. eyeshadow too like really light pink eyeshadow yeah oh, and that's fine but no, it just no, for sure it didn't for sure. it didn't I, yeah, match I didn't mean anything negative about that <laughs> right no like, it's just weird it, it didn't match him. what was going on around and where were they it seems like like i don't know the end of the year bingo holiday celebration i have it was strange for this sure felt like a person that has grown up with money trying to say something <laughs> it didn't you know what it felt it felt like to me just someone's like uh somebody who, oh it's basically yummy. like it's someone who doesn't food. understand how the world works <laughs> or or like 12 people sat around and put their ideas for a music video into yeah. a bowl and then they pulled them out one by one and and then that's what they did in that order maybe like, too, then we're gonna have them dance on chairs and might have been a bowl full of weed that they threw. well the guy who directed paper. this was also the guy who did dance this with uh uh what's his name troy savine or in the oh think, interesting yeah i think that was the ariana grande one with him so like okay. I think he's known for doing these really weird music videos, so I think that's kind of like where some of this came from. Oh, but that 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 might have something to do with it. You know, every yeah. once I, I, I it reminds me a little bit of watching "So You Think You Can Dance," and then uh, there's a choreographer that'll do this incredibly weird and quirky moment. You know, it lasts for a few minutes, but there's still a message there, and you're still like, you're like, what did I just watch? That's clearly art, and it. And it has a meaning, and I feel some kind of way. But but this is like the the flip side of that in a way where it's it, it doesn't do service to the song, and it doesn't do service to the video. They don't match up together. Uh, anyways, I was a uh, I was like like a dog that hears a weird sound and they kind of quirk their head to the side. That was me watching the video. Like what 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 is this? But well. To me, it seems like like they're trying to like copy like so in Russia like weird videos like this are very common like for a certain like for like oh. EDM electric uh, bands. Uh, there's one that I kind of like to watch uh, watch some of the stuff that they come out with is called Little Big. Yeah, uh, we did a Little Big video. Yeah, uh, about a year ago, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, Little Big, yeah, their videos tend to be like really just really weird, and their music is you know great, but their music videos are amazing to watch, and that's. That's really like the artistic style that they do there, and I feel like that's somewhat what they're trying to copy with this. But I'm just like okay. I'm not I'm not sure. Like it's like ridiculous, like surreal uh, imagery, and I I don't know. It's just well, this does not make me love the Beebs any anymore. I'll read a little bit about what Mister um, Cher had to say. Cool. Barrett says, and I quote, that fucking Justin Bieber song can eat my ass. <laughs> so just a reminder, this isn't a family-friendly show. Maybe should have said that before. <laughs> um, he said it's aggressively boring, which I totally agree with. Aggressively boring. He said he was disappointed because he had a very good album a few years ago called Purpose. It had Love Yourself, Sorry, mm-hmm. and What Do You Mean? And he thought that maybe this would be more uh, of a satisfying pop direction. But the older that Bieber gets, the more auto-tune he uses. Uh, and he has a really good voice. 
It's like a guy with a full head of hair that shaves it every day, according to Cher. So, um, oh, oh, nope, there's more. And the video is balls. Probably cost 600 bucks to make. End of rant. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that was Barrett's thoughts on the video. Yeah, I agree. It feels very lazy. That's a good way to, is that what he said? Yeah, it feels progressively, um, uh, progressively, don't know where it went. Aggressively, oh, aggressively lazy boring. Like that. Aggressively yeah. boring. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and, and Bieber can like. Sorry's a, a great example of a of what he can accomplish if he you know if he's trying. This right. Felt this dumb. is just something different. I did. I, I did enjoy the every time I come around, you get it done. Sin <laughs> where he said it was Justin's producer. Um, I thought that was a brilliant slam. So well done there. I also liked Rhea Ali's comment that said the beginning of the decade was baby, baby, baby. And the end of the decade is yummy, yummy, yummy. I thought that was kind of cute. So anyway. (laughs) Um, And of course, the number one most loved in the comments was the auto tune cotton candy. So which pretty much Uh describes it 100 percent. Absolutely. Any other thoughts on the Beebs before we go on to uh, the main channel, the main event? Let's do it. Okay. Hey, everyone. It's Jonathan from Behind the Sins with a brief note before we get into the Cinema Sins videos for the week. Uh, We are about to start discussing Annihilation, which is a video that was viewable for about a week, but we've had some issues with it recently. So it's not viewable at the time this episode posted. But we want to discuss it as part of this inside scoop, so here it is. Hopefully you'll be able to watch or rewatch it very soon. So we released a couple of videos for you guys again this week. Did Annihilation and Hellboy. Let's start with Annihilation. This was Dicer Scott, both not here. So this will be a fun conversation. I do have both of their uh, thoughts um, that I asked them about. We'll get to that. Uh, I guess we could start there if we want, but I am sure. kind of curious. Creasy, did you watch Annihilation? I did. You did? What yeah. did What did you think? Uh, let me check my... Uh, I wrote down some notes. Um, I mean, the movie itself, I still have no clue what I was watching uh, <laughs> as far as the original movie. Um, there was a Sin, a Sin 39 where he goes... Uh, where Natalie Portman says something and then uh, the, the Sin is kind of like Miley Cyrus and I couldn't help but just bust out laughing because for me, any joke at Miley Cyrus' expense is hilarious because it's, it's kind of... <laughs> It's kind of she's kind of like Britney Spears, like in the early two thousands. It's kind of fun to watch her go crazy sometimes, or like mm-hmm. you know break down. Uh, but also, it's terrible to joke about it at the same time. And, but and, also fun. And this realm of cinema sins is the perfect place to do it. That's right. Well, so, also, so you didn't like, know what was going on because I I was hoping that maybe you guys could explain this movie to me because after watching the video, I'm super intrigued. Have you not seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I, I just don't know what it was trying to get at, like as far as philosophically. Like I do, okay. I did enjoy the fact that it was like a largely an all female cast, uh, and you know Natalie Portman does a great job for to me like leading the story. And there's some really great like crazy science fiction like what ifs and like uh, the idea like that like the shimmer was like uh, like just anything that passes through it is. Um, you know, just changed down to its molecular level, and it uh, also has to do, tie in with like what that item thinks it is, kind of thing. Uh, but like, as far as like the story that one the writers are trying to get at, and what the director was trying to get, I have no idea still to this day. 
Yeah, I I saw in the, I saw in the theater. I remember it. I guess this was 2017. I think uh, a couple years ago. I saw it in the theater, and I remember it was. I found it very interesting and intriguing, and um, and I honestly I haven't like had really any desire to watch it since. So I have never seen it again, and. I had not. I did not remember a lot about it. Wasn't there even something you were talking about the female cast, Creasy, which is awesome? And I completely forgot that um, uh, Tessa Thompson was in it. Yeah, that's one of like uh, her earlier roles before I think. I yeah, I mean, she just was, came out before. Yeah, I mean, like, film roles. Yeah, because yeah. she was on Veronica Mars. That was the first place I remember ever seeing her. But yeah, I completely forgot she was in that because I remember seeing it going, "Oh yeah, hey, it's a Veronica Mars girl." Um, oh really? I didn't but, know Tessa Thompson was on Veronica Mars. Yeah, she was on like a, the, uh, she was, uh, I don't know if she was on the whole time. I think she might have gotten introduced in like the second season or something. Oh, okay. Um, but um, wasn't there something too about though only women could, could go through that? Well, I thought that the guy had come back through it. Yeah, they had sent other teams and I think this was the first one that they were sending that was all female or oh, female. Okay. Yeah. I could I couldn't I couldn't remember. I thought there was something about that. But then when I was watching the video, they said the thing about Oscar Isaacs. I actually completely forgot Oscar Isaacs was in it too. I guess uh, it's a novel too, right? It is. Uh-huh. It's actually a trilogy. Um, oh, okay. Maybe Jeff, I should read the book. Uh, Jeff Vandermeer uh, is the author. Um, and I I tr- I remember I tried to read the book before I saw the movie and I just I don't I just I don't know if I I couldn't remember if I couldn't get into it or if the movie just came out and I just I just said screw it, I'm going to go see the movie. Um, but, uh, that is something I might go back to at some point. Cause I am kind of curious where it goes after this. Yeah. Um, like I, it, this is one of those where I'm watching it going, okay, obviously as the people who wrote on the script are watching it, there's this climax, there's this, you know, moment in the lighthouse, there's a butthole, uh, there's, there's some, you know, atom explosion happening and, and then she comes out and you know aliens and and then we're like okay oh yeah but what 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 is it what does that mean and i know that obviously like the writers didn't know either they made that you know evident as they're kind of writing about like mm-hmm. what's going on and things like that but those are kind of fun though those movies can be fun when there's not really an answer but i yeah. like answers personally and so yeah. I wanted more details, so I was hoping that maybe you guys had had some personal experience that you could be like, "Oh, this is what that means." Yeah, I just yeah, it was a very it was it was it was hard. I, I don't I didn't really know what to make of it, and like I said, I, I don't even remember that much about it uh, clearly because I was watching the video and it felt like I had never seen the movie before, and mm. I, I know I did. <laughs> well, I will have to read up on some uh, of I'm sure the countless blog posts out there in the internet uh, that will be people's opinions about this movie. Um, uh, this movie when or this video rather when I was watching it was one of two videos this week that had disturbing imagery that I did not expect and oh my freaking god ah like I purposefully avoid (laughs) and maybe I should have asked more questions maybe I should just calm myself down and watch stuff but both in Annihilation and in Hellboy I was like what the fuck am I watching and and then I had nightmares (laughs) even though I just watched the scene in Annihilation. That bear thing, man. Oh, that bear yeah. thing. That, that and that—that's the—that's the one scene. Well, that and they didn't. I don't think they showed the crocodile. No, they didn't mm. show the crocodile, but they definitely showed the bear thing. And then the sins were all about like this is the scariest, creepiest thing ever. And was, the comments. I don't know if you saw the comment section, but it is like yeah. inundated with people. In fact, the biggest 
comment thread that I personally have seen since starting to work here is all about that bear. It's people going, that bear freaked me out. And then like just comment after comment after comment about that bear moment in the theater. But we don't actually see in the video... Creasy, we don't hear in the video, like, we don't hear it talking, do we? No, no. No, we, we never play, yeah, the, okay. they never play that. That's, that's uh, the creepy part. Yeah, that's the terrifying because it, part. Because it has, it has, like, the voices of, like... Who it's consumed. I, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the idea is that in this space, if I'm understanding correctly, because I'm trying to figure this out, because it's fascinating to me, in this shimmer space, you begin to kind of, I'm going to use the word splice, into, like, your environment. So, apparently, the bear killed the woman and so Mm -hmm. it's absorbed essentially part of her dna and so it's emitting her sounds and then someone was talking in the comments about like it also has a human skull on one side yeah they mentioned like she was absorbed like it absorbed her like right that's one. i think that's one of the things like either tessa thompson says it or one of the other characters Mm -hmm. they're just like yeah yeah, as it was killing her it absorbed her like and what's interesting i love when stuff like this happens because we definitely don't plan stuff to this crazy of a detail but it's interesting that there's plot points in both annihilation and hellboy that involves eating part of somebody and then being able to talk like them that's true that's an interesting crossover Well, let's get into some of the sins that we love specifically. I continue to love the college girlfriend joke for how long did you think you were inside? And then that that, that was a, a beautiful example of a college girlfriend joke. <laughs> um, I also like, um, oh, the who sleeps in this position uh, where mm-hmm. she was on the bed. And I was like, uh, me? I sleep in, but I move around all night long. So I definitely, I'm definitely that person. No, no, I've definitely woken up with my butt straight in the air, kind of cocked sideways. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's. Yes. No, I don't know how I got there, the but it's just too. weird. <laughs> like I never know what position my daughter's going to be in when I go wake her up in the morning. Sometimes oh. she's even like hanging off the bed. It's crazy. Uh, I had so I literally wrote down so many sins of watching, like while I was watching this, the uh, the mention of Arrival. I really liked because I got that vibe too. Uh, the sin about many theories, few facts, and that being Twitter, I loved. Mm-hmm. There was an American Tale reference in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the American Tale reference? For there are no cats in America. Um, I forgot that that's he would what remove that was from. all the sins if if we started singing that one. American so. Tale is probably also something I haven't seen since the theater, and that was what 1986. So streets are <laughs> paved with cheese. It's been a minute. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember when it came out. It was, it was um, late eighties when wondering. it actually came out in the theater. Um, I enjoyed the full female sin-off in this one, uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, I I had a thought too, and maybe you guys are used to this because you've been kind of doing this for so much longer than I have. But I never realized how often in TV and movies that they give you a there are two theories, you know. And this hap- this I just sent something similar to this recently, where it's like. No, no, no. There's not just two theories. There's like hundreds of options if you really start to think about it. But, mm-hmm. you know, a movie will do this all the time to sort of narrow the mind of the viewer to go in the direction that the story wants you to go. Um, and they did this in this one where they was like, there's just two theories of how this happens. It's like, no, 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 no. There's lots more. But that would take too much time on screen to explain. Uh, I just never realized how often that happens until starting to, you know, do this job. So. 
What about you guys? What was some that you enjoyed? Uh, Science What the Fuction was uh, mm-hmm. a personal line that I thought was really funny. Uh, worst Use of Oscar Isaac Award I also thought was great. As far as an actual send, though, I, I did like that they pointed out that they didn't black out the windows or like have blinds or something to where the workers weren't looking at the shimmer yes. when, they were, when they were in the building. Yes. Like, who would do that? Yeah. It was just this blinding light. And everyone should at least be wearing sunglasses in that room. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then you mentioned the, so, aliens. Um, that's a, you know, we always, uh, ending videos, I think, or the endings of scripts are always interesting, you know, because you always kind of want to end on a, I guess, I don't know if you want to end on a bang. I don't know if that's the best way to put it. But we always want to kind of, you know, kind of, I guess, wrap things up just like you would wrap up a story. Um, and I, this was one of my favorites. <laughs> like, like final sins, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Because mm-hmm, it's like simple. It's like yeah. ali- ali- aliens? Like and what? It kind, of, it kind of like what Creasy and I are talking about this movie. Like we just, you know, we don't know what to make of it. And I know now that we're saying this, a ton of people that listen to this are going to be like, you know, you guys weren't paying attention. This is obviously what it means. But because um, we get that a lot with the uh, with when we do the mini pods and stuff yep. and review movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I thought that was a perfect summation of like just this entire movie. Yeah. What stood out to you, Creasy? Uh, I mean, one, the Miley Cyrus thing. And then I uh, the there was a, the, a sin towards the end, Sin 83, uh, where no need for drugs here, kids. The movie is literally <laughs> turning into drugs right before yeah. your eyes. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, yeah, because you look uh, at fractals and you're going to think you're stoned or on acid. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if those fractals look like a giant butthole floating in the air. <laughs> a, a space butthole. Space butthole. Um, yeah. yeah, that's for real. I forgot yeah. to read Aaron and Jeremy's comments. Maybe I should do that real quick before. Uh, yeah, before. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Aaron. Aaron said he loved this movie mostly for the metaphor because it leaves a lot of the literal storytelling up for interpretation, which is fun to sin. This movie is gorgeous and moody and bonkers. It does the thing I wish us had done, which is to not try to explain things but just show things. And let us fill in the blanks or even be frustrated by not knowing. I think this movie is about toxic relationships and where the seeds of cancer in relationships develop. And how we learn to become a different version of ourselves to enjoy long-term cohabitation. That has to be why the affair stuff is in there and the reason that the movie takes so much time on their relationship. It's also about how we can either give ourselves to change or fight it and how change can be both destructive or beautiful. And also, if a lighthouse has a butthole, I am not crawling inside of it. (laughs) (laughs) So isn't that kind of cool? Like, I didn't really pick that up, but I, Aaron's always really good about seeing the metaphors in movies and kind of seeing the purpose of like story. And I think that's fascinating because I'm I'm probably more like the superficial person who's like, did you see the cool trippy thing at the very end? The light thing? Yeah, man, that was an alien. And he's like, yeah, but do you realize that it was as a was all about, you know, relationships and the seeds and the importance of change? And I'd be like, no, I missed that totally. Yeah. But now in, I can see that. Yeah, I agree totally about yeah. him. That's why he's like the perfect example of what a movie critic should be, because he yeah. can take in anything and, you know, find something uh, intelligent to say about it. 
That's true. Whereas sometimes I'm just like, uh, yeah, I don't like anime. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeremy's thoughts. He said, I think Annihilation is pretty rad. It's a hair away from a perfect grade only because of the story threads that disappear or go nowhere. The affair, the amnesia of four days times, etc. But I love it. It's a big, colorful ball of ideas and cool visuals that the music in the climax is, and sorry, and the music in the climax is spine tingling. I remember I had to Google Terrence Malick to make sure he hadn't already done a sci-fi movie. I was forgetting he produced a documentary about space, but I decided that didn't count, and I kept the sin in. Um, it's also noteworthy that Dice and I both wrote sins using pussy willows. We kept the, his because it was part of a more substan- uh, substantive <laughs> sin, and mine was just a joke. <laughs> oh, that's, the boys. That, that's always fun. Uh, yeah, Chris and I had, I, I, I don't remember the specifics, but yeah, Chris and I had a lot of funny overlap and Hellboy, and I remember just being like, this is just nuts. Like, who, who comes? And it's like weird stuff, too. It's not like... <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's my fun when that happens. last thoughts, uh, I think, uh, I, I had a couple more that I just wanted to mention the shimmer limmer ding dong. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed, I kind of want to use that like fool me twice, shimmer limmer ding dong <laughs> in my real life and just forego actually saying, uh, a normal, like everyone knows this saying and just that would say probably work on Aaron's sexual euphemism list. Too. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then in this one, Jeremy, uh, one of the sins is about, uh, getting drunk in Chicago. Um, and I actually asked Jeremy if this was a true story and he said it was that this was a true story of him getting drunk in Chicago and losing time. So this sin was right around the time where the, the women walk in and then four days later is when they start talking to each other and he's like, losing time is super scary. Uh, and that is so true. I have been blackout drunk once in my life. And then the next day was told that I carried on entire conversations. Yep. I smoked a couple cigarettes um, and hung out like, thank God, nothing weird happened. But the fact that I didn't remember it is the reason I have never been like if I drink, I drink until I get a little bit of a happy feel. And then I just stop because I don't know yeah. where that barrier is. I don't know how I went through it. But that legitimately scare the crap out of me to have had entire moments of life that I, I'm not interactive with. It just blows my mind. I can't, yeah, I, I agree with you. I had to, scary. I had to quit drinking because I just, I'm, I'm not good at stopping once I start something like that. So, and plus it, it, I get sick and other, I had some allergy issues come up, but um, mm-hmm. at, like a couple years ago, I was just like, I should probably stop doing this. Have you ever been blackout drunk, Creasy? Is that too personal to ask? No, it's not too personal. Uh, yes, I I have definitely uh, been blackout drunk before uh, in college. Uh, uh, lots of times where I end up somewhere where I'm like, why do I not have both my shoes? And where is my car? Mm-hmm. And where are my car keys? And I do Isn't... I make the best snowman? You know, I just like <laughs> <laughs> random things. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit of a heavy drinker in uh, college. I, of course, I I wouldn't drink during the week, but then when the when Friday came. Right. Uh, That's me. That was me. Yeah. Did did it freak you out or you're just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you wake up somewhere and you're like, these aren't my pants, uh, you're just (laughs) like Yeah. That's you're like, how did I get here? Why why does my mouth taste like that? Drink during the week and it would have been better because yeah, I can remember times in my (laughs) life where like Friday through Sunday I was just I was just 
terrifying. No, I've never been on a bender, no. <laughs> no, I've never been on a bender either. Um, I did ask on Twitter if ever, other people had black, like, losing time stories. Dicer mentioned his Easter Fool's weekend of 2018. That is when his heart stopped beating and that's, he yeah, that's very had, different. had to be resuscitated by his wife. And then the EMTs shocked his heart back to life. Mm-hmm. Then he was in a cold coma for three days and he doesn't remember several weeks of all of that. Yeah. And then... Uh, Mikey said that he lost time also from a bad accident. So a little bit different, but I still fascinating to me. That, let's, I don't know if you guys saw his tweet. He said, I was in a bad accident involving an elephant. So I'm missing the, the everything from that Sunday afternoon through to Wednesday morning. I argued with the fast food restaurant about whether or not zookeepers got a discount. And then I was in the ICU watching my girlfriend walking towards me. Oh, what wow. kind of a story? is that isn't that insane yeah i don't i don't know if he was charged by an elephant or what but you know bodies are weird man our our brains will be like nope we're shutting down like we're gonna take care of business so anyway i guess this is our remembering thing so that is definitely uh scary I mean, I hate not remembering things in this context. Not yeah, remembering details I mean, yeah. about movies and stuff. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that, yeah. Other... <laughs> that's what I meant. Like, I just because I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. And then I just, you know, yeah. I'm so this you. is our this is our PSA. Be careful if you drink. Um, don't don't lose time if you can help it. All right. As they say, anything... drink responsibly. <laughs> there you go. That's the words. Uh, anything else before moving on to Hellboy? Nope. No. All right. This yeah. is Atkinson Watkins. Atkinson Watkins. That's kind of fun to say. Um, I have no experience with this movie or the previous ones. Yeah, you're good. Don't have um, it. Uh, the previous ones are okay. Well, let me tell you a, a quick little backstory. My dad loves watching cheap sci-fi movie stuff. When I was when I was growing up with him, it was there was always something where it was like low budget, like um, oh, what's the one like Flash Gordon style, right? Where mm-hmm. Uh, and or, or really any show it didn't have to just be sci-fi if it was like kind of like a low budget movie he was content to watch it and kind of chuckle at stuff so I would watch those with him and there's something about Hellboy that sort of has that same echo to me and uh, aside from the really scary visuals of the creepy boob older lady upside down backward walker no leg person I don't know what she is uh, which Bobby I don't know whatever Baba Baba Yaga. Yaga, Baba Baba Yaga. Yaga, not Boba Yaga. she was she's not John Wick no. <laughs> <laughs> um like stuff like that terrifies is 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 really creepy was uh, that the image that got you there there was that one and then actually I literally have blocked it out that there was another one um okay. that was super creepy to me and I literally don't remember what it is let me, my, let me my, have you relive your triggers today please tell yeah. me yeah let me let me go back and watch the video and let you know exactly which one it was. But anyhow, <laughs> it does have that sort of vibe to it of just sort of like a silly show. And I kind of want to go watch all of them. Just like I kind of like, uh, oh, God, what was the series? It was mentioned in this uh, in this uh, video. Um, uh, Mila Jovovich was in one of them. Resident it's, Evil or Fifth yeah, Element? Yeah, Resident Evil. I love Fifth yeah. Element. I'm, I'm that girl. But like. Resident Evil, and then there were some other ones where they're all like fighting like lich lichens versus 
Oh, that's not Jovovich, but yeah, Underworld. That's a Kate Underworld. Yeah. yeah, so I remember I watched Underworld because it has that same weird vibe mm-hmm. where it's just this cheap story feel to it. Anyway, so I just want to let you guys know that even though I have no idea what's going on, uh, it just seems like this, I guess, demon is just like us vigilante style show. I, I was like, maybe I would watch Hellboy someday. I don't know. What did you guys, uh, what's your experience with Hellboy? Creasy, what have you, have you, have you seen the Del Toro movies? Did you see this yeah. in the theater? Yeah, I, I didn't see this in theater. Uh, I did see the Del Toro movies in theater, and I, I've read a couple of the comic books uh, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I definitely loved uh, Ron Perlman as uh, as Hellboy, and I think those movies lended themselves better to the material as far as like you know using practical effects to create the monsters. Even the CGI was yeah. you know hands above what we saw in this one. Uh, I mean, do I do I think that uh, that David Har- uh, Harbor uh, did a great job as Hellboy? Oh, he did okay with with the material that he was given. He's a much better actor than what we saw mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, and you know, Ian McShane can act his way out of a wet paper bag, so he did. He did. You know, he played the same character that he played in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but I mean, he does a, he does a good job, and the I think my problem with this was is like one the story was not very well written, and I feel like they kind of the story kind of got lost on in itself a little bit. Uh, and one, you made this movie instead of giving me a Ron Perlman trilogy. <laughs> so, oh well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because that was the I think that was always the plan. Yeah, and then the well, second thing- one didn't do that well. Yeah. My thing is the execution with this. Like the CGI mm-hmm. in a lot of these scenes looked really bad, uh, especially when he's fighting the giants. Uh and when they did use practical effects, it didn't really feel like like I was like, okay, why are we jumping back and forth from really crappy CGI to really decent uh practical makeup and stuff like that? And I, you know, to me it was just like I'm not understanding a lot of the decisions that were made during this movie, but I mean, at the same time, I've also never made a big feature, so I don't know what the challenges were he. Yeah, and I've read some of the comics too, but I haven't read like everything, and I don't know if the if the King Arthur thing is a part of the comics or not. But like that's why we mentioned that in the sending, where we said you know regardless, it's it's dumb. But I don't I don't know why they went that route. Um, You've got years and years of stories to pull from and this yeah. is the movie we get and i thought harbor was excellent i mean i think ron perlman was excellent too but i'm okay with like a series of new ones with harbor i mean it's kind of like batman i mean you can you could keep yeah. recasting the role and keep making mo- hellboy movies if you want yeah the um, hope is that they didn't just go you know what we're kind of at the end of our rope here let's talk about king arthur which i you know i grew up watching like the merlin stuff and mm-hmm. You know, King Arthur, uh, it's fascinating to me. I've read really wonderful stories that sort of weave into that same, you know, history and the magic and all of that. Um, I love stories like that. So, uh, but this one, it seemed like, and again, we're watching, I'm watching this short, you know, Sins video, but it seems like they just kept introducing characters and characters and storylines and side things and blah, blah, blah. And it could have been cleaned up and um, and simplified a yeah. lot, but they, it looked like they were just trying to answer questions about 
his origins and his bloodline and um but instead of getting there quickly they kind of like meander their way there and yeah um i don't know i don't remember they're also trying to set up sequels which is annoying because it's like i I just i'm still not going to understand that process i mean i don't care if you build a franchise out of something but you have to make a a, you have to make a quality first film initially so i feel like you should be concentrating on that a little more than trying to set up a world um like they do in this you know we even we even commented on that there's like three or four uh stingers uh during the credits it's crazy yeah and also it's it was confusing too to point out that they don't want Hellboy to be seen, but then he's hanging out in bars. And so, yeah. okay, what, well, what is this world then? Is it a world where people are totally fine with the demons crawling up out of the earth and then going back to work later on that day? Uh, where there's a witch in the street that's releasing a plague, but then they're still going to work that day? Like, is this, is this like a normal, a normal thing? The sort of supernatural element is this normal? Yeah, no, that was that was a very they handled that very oddly in this movie because I think he's supposed to be kind of like the Batman. I mean, he's supposed to be more of like a myth or urban legend, you know. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, but um, so they they are a little more careful about that, I believe, uh, from what I remember of what I've read and watched. But um, yeah, but then like you said, they but that's why that's why we called back to that because I thought that was really odd. They were making such a yeah. federal case about him wandering around, but then like he was just hanging out in a bar in in Mexico or whatever, Tijuana wherever he was. Um, and uh, and then yeah, and then the stuff with like that's the whole thing at the end when we were talking about they're like giving each other high fives and stuff, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, there's like hundreds of like corpses just out yeah. on the streets of London. <laughs> And and what is this whole thing like when they're riding through the woods dressed in medieval gear and one is wearing a giant deer head? And I'm like, okay, so when did they all get the medieval gear? Have we gone back in time or is this just like a oh, like a that's hunting when they were party? Giant. Hey, yeah. yeah. This movie's so dumb. Um, it, it, oh, so giants like so so giants coexist in our world or, or did yeah, they go yeah, all yeah, like, basically all there's like these yeah. there's like these groups of people like the BPRD would be the American version. Am I is that right, Creasy? Yeah, so like they're the like the American. You could even say just you like just like the Allies or like the UN, like whoever. So essentially, like they have a base in the UK, but they also have most of their bases in the United States and like some small outlets and stuff like that around the world. Interesting. They're like yes. paranormal hunters, and they're they try to keep everything. They try to keep a lid on all that, and apparently, giants occasionally just uh, pop out. Pop yeah, out. They resurrect from what? The yeah, they oh. resurrect. That's what they yeah. say. That's right. Oh, okay. They resurrect. Well, see, this is the kind of stuff that, like, I, I genuinely like. Oh, that's interesting. I want to know more. But at the same time, if at the very end it all falls apart, doesn't there's no cohesion? Then sometimes, you know, no, it but falls apart well before the maybe, end. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I should just watch finish the Mandalorian, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want quality, yeah. The Mandalorian is the way to go. Um, no, um, I don't know. This is the second time I watched it because um, I saw it in the theater, and I really, really just remembered hating it. Yeah. And like a lot of times, when you go back and you know you have to do it for this, it, it's a little different of an experience. And so I, I, I still didn't like it. I don't think I hated it as much. I definitely appreciated like David Harbour's performance a lot more. 
Um, and I love Mia Jovovich. I think she's yeah, great. And we even have a we even have a scent about that. That I appreciated that, by the way, because she's yeah. she's oh, one of my faves awesome. because of Fifth Element. Um, now, Chris said Hellboy. I, I would, uh, it's but it's silly, but it but it's 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 good. I think it's yeah. a little. Uh, um, I think it's a little too. I'm trying to think how to say that. Um, I think there's a lot of ideas there that they could have pulled back a little bit, but. Um, uh, no, Hellboy it's a very or, or Fifth movie. Element? Huh? Fifth Element? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, yeah, but I, I do quite enjoy that one. Uh, but, like, the Resident Evil movies are pretty much garbage, and uh, this was bad. And, I mean, she was yeah. in, she's in that movie Ultraviolet. And I, she yeah. deserves better. Yeah, she does. Uh, Chris said about Hellboy that it is a egregious misfire. It feels like a whole bunch of this movie is on the cutting room floor. So many villains and way too much what the fuckness that is not explained. Or he said WTFness that is not explained. And I feel like that's the bulk of the sins in the script. Just not knowing what the hell is going on. It seems like they were trying to put out a bunch of potential sequel bait before making mm-hmm. a basic Hellboy movie. David Harbour is... Is it how do you say his name? Harbor. Yeah. David Harbor is great in it, and that's a shame for this movie that he's in it. So anyway, uh, then that's a shame for the movie he's in, is what he said. Not that he's in it. It's a shame for the movie that he's in for his talents. <laughs> I want to make sure not to misquote Chris there. Um, I agree with everything so he's saying. There's our thoughts there. Uh, let's talk about just some specific sins before moving on. Um, I really like the arrow down asking for handy. That was super funny to me. Oh, and that was actually one where we had an overlap. <laughs> <laughs> we both had penis jokes. Uh, it's <laughs> Couldn't funny even tell like... you which was if that was mine or his, but I just remember we both had because it was so weird. It was just because he had like... it on his lap. Yeah, but just like you guys are like, oh, I would have never thought of that because you know that's your perspective, Danae. That's one that I would have. I think I would have totally missed. Um, maybe I wouldn't have. I don't know. But uh, it cracked oh, because, me up. Because you I it. lack a penis. Mm, I I don't. I just don't think like that. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. You're you're looking up goats uh, mating. I don't. I you know. Just... <laughs> Wait. No. No. Watching, <laughs> don't misquote me. Watching granola I... <laughs> people pee off cliffs. <laughs> that was added in their in their story. I did not ask for it nor search for it. <laughs> Um, I loved also, this is kind of similar to what I mentioned just a moment ago, that the prophecy rants being vague and bullshitty. That's another thing that I am starting to recognize more and more as I watch is that, yeah, there are a lot of just these vague prophecy things. Mm -hmm. And I don't really ever think about, you know, that specifically, I guess the part about it being, uh, from a holy tongue. And then I guess a pig put a tongue into a of a holy man into his mouth and then is able mm-hmm. to open a chest. But then later on, he's able to just break it with his arm. I don't know. It was that whole, that thing was a was weird, that was another weird parallel between scripts. Chris and I had worked on recently. Cause before this, we did the grudge and the grudge also has that problem where it's a curse, but not a prophecy, but it still kind of works the same. Yeah. It's just, it's really vague. Mm-hmm. And it like, it gets to the point where you're just like, well, why isn't everyone in Tokyo cursed? Like if this is yeah. all it takes and uh, you kind of have the same thing here, you know, it just doesn't, it, I don't, I don't know how anyone could, could, it, could accomplish whatever they're trying to do uh, with that knowledge of that prophecy. Uh, just a few others that I really liked mm-hmm. um, before you guys talk about specific sins. If you have any, um, I like the whole point about a guy, a guy that should have shot another guy instead of just running up to him 
and try and trying to fight him. The, the whole yeah. kind of series there, um, I I kind of liked. I, I like pointing that kind of stuff out because I I do regularly wonder why if someone's got a weapon that's a long distance weapon they would ever just run up on someone and try to beat him up. That's just mm-hmm. weird. Uh, Hellboy the Yada Yada Chronicles really enjoyed that one, and then Jeremy doing a Brit voice, a Brit accent. Super yeah, enjoyed and that. That was not like that wasn't in the script at all. Like he just like halfway through that he just turned changed to a Brit accent, which was great. Oh God, I loved it so much. And uh, uh, got him to sing too. Got him to sing yeah. the Who. <laughs> which is always so fun to hear Jeremy have a good time with the narration. <laughs> that was the that was the Baba Yaga uh, reference. We, which mm-hmm. the the Who song is um, Baba O'Reilly. But. Oh okay. But, I missed. Uh, I missed. But that for some crossover. reason, when he said Baba Yaga, that's just that was like what I thought of was sure. Um, so, uh, Creasy, did anything stand out to you that you wanted to point out before moving on? Uh, there was one mention uh, of a doctor, like the Doctor Phil joke. Uh, I mean, they already have a soap opera at Doctor Phil, but <laughs> who doesn't need a, another good cry? I just yeah, I love, yeah, I love that little reference, and then. There was a scene where, like, the narration was talking about them being high on a t- hilltop, but then, like, we cut to a cave on the beach side, and it's just like, yeah. Yes. Who didn't catch that? Like, who, who <laughs> in, like, doing voiceover and editing this was like, yo, you guys know that they say hilltop, right? Like, I get that there's and a it's hill like, there, but they're on the bottom. Yeah. It's a shoreline. Yeah. That was you know, really I good. I heard a really, this is off subject, but this made me think of this. I heard a really funny story. The other day, Crazy, do you remember that show Terra Nova with the? Oh, I, yes, I used to love that show. Oh, okay, bad sci-fi, I love it. Yeah, did you happen to watch that, Danae? With the it was came out of like a few years ago with the dinosaurs. It's like probably the biggest, the most expensive TV flop ever. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before, but oh, no. that's right, we have. Yeah, but I I haven't watched it. Uh, a writer, I the t- a podcast I listened to. Um, the, uh, a writer for other things that just happened to work on a couple episodes of that was they were asking him about Terra Nova and he was talking about how when he got there they had already they had already they had already filmed the pilot and he watched the pilot and uh, they just asked him for any ideas he had and one of the things he said he mentioned was he's like it looks like they're driving around in like gas powered vehicles he's like you realize if they're with the dinosaurs they don't have fossil fuels yet right <laughs> So he's like, so where are yeah. they getting this gas? And then he said the people were just basically like, uh, oh, no one will notice that. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It that's so a good so point. for some reason, that just made me think of that when you said that, like, no one even thought to change that, you know? <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. So this is what's going on in uh, writers' rooms, everybody. Everybody is so we're, interesting. That, that we are not wrong. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Nope. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, podcast peeps. It's me again. Um... Those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk, wow. Is this how Aaron feels when we're? Okay, we're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. Um, all right. Well, I think that'll wrap up uh, for yeah. our thoughts on the Sense Side Scoop. Let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. So in Keeping Tabs, we talk about things that we researched this week. And Creasy, I don't know if you had to do any research for your job that you found interesting this week. Uh, but sometimes when we'll like open up a tab on our browser and we'll go to like look something up and realize that maybe we shouldn't be Googling this. Um, or maybe this is just kind of a funny thing uh, behind the scenes to share with you. So uh, let's start with Jonathan. Jonathan, did you have to look up anything interesting this week I- for Keeping Tabs? I did not really have anything that I had to do research on. I did have a deleted sin. This is going to be really quick, but I did have a deleted sin I wanted to mention because I was uh, actually shouting out one of our longtime uh, listeners and video viewers, our good friend Frank Kemp. Um, We were, uh, it's in um, Hellboy, the, the, I think it's when he's with Baba Yaga, I guess. But he asked the question, where am I? And then the comment is, bacon, eggs, and black pudding, do ya? And then I put, bacon, eggs, and black pudding is oddly enough a strip club I once attended. It's in Delaware. And much like that state, there is no good reason to go. And uh, our good friend Frank lives in Delaware. so Oh, I see. I, okay. Uh, that, was, that was why I picked that state over all the other ones. So hopefully he's listening. And he Hi, knows Frank. I'm a he knows I'm a dick. <laughs> well, we all know that. No, no, no. I didn't no. Really look up anything, so I was just looking for deleted sins that were kind of fun. Uh, Creasy, did you have anything from this week that you had to do in your world? Obviously, not sins related to writing sins, but did you have to do any kind of interesting research or anything <clears throat> like that? Uh, not. Oh, we. You know what? I did. Uh, I was doing some research just to see, like, uh, just for the movies that are coming out this year, and I saw that. Uh, that tenant had like over a two hundred and five million dollar budget before a media budget. So oh, I saw that. I, it's gonna be a ama- I just what is what is Christopher Nolan gonna do with a budget that large? And I just can't wait to see what he does with it. And I just because I mean, just from the little short that they had before Rise of the Skywalker, uh, or and then and then uh, the little trailer that they put out a couple weeks ago, or right before the New Year. I'm just like I'm super pumped for that. So I was Dang. like, that much money on a Nolan movie it makes me so happy. Budgets Dang. are so dumb these days, though. It, I, I I just I don't understand like because you don't get like forty million dollar films anymore. 
No. You, you get either like you get either like ten million or less, or maybe fifteen million or less, or you get like a hundred and fifty or more. Like there's no in between anymore, and it's the craziest thing. I don't I don't understand the reasoning. Because I mean, I just I can't imagine you would need to spend two hundred five million dollars on that movie. Well, I imagine like a lot of that probably budget probably comes down to computer generated stuff and CGI. Yeah, maybe. And I don't. I also don't know how much like some of the actors were uh, making for it. Like what cut of that is their salary and uh, what they're walking away with. Um, but I know that uh, I'm. I'm really excited to like. Oh yeah, just, no, I'm. I'm definitely yeah. excited. I'm curious if it's. I mean, I. I'm sure it'll be a hit, but. I don't even know how much it has to make because I think you have to what double. Do you have to you double, double your budget yeah. to to profit? Is that right? Is that kind I of think, the rule of thumb? I think that's so. I think you just you want to make like and that's you want to at least break even, and then anything after that, yeah. Because I think worldwide you have to factor in other people getting a piece of it. So I think worldwide it almost has to like triple. So earlier, whenever we were looking at Annihilation, I was looking up some info, and it said that the box office was forty three point one million, and the budget was forty to fifty five million. So does that mean that one didn't do well? Uh, no, I mean no, it definitely didn't. I mean, it, sorry, it, can you it, say that? Again? It did okay, I guess, but no, it definitely wasn't a hit. I don't know. Uh, I wonder what the worldwide was though. It says uh, like the budget for Annihilation was forty to fifty five million, but the box office was forty three point one. Yeah, so that's not great. Yeah, it sounds like it just so. broke just a little bit broke even on. Like, yeah, I mean production. it's not it's not like a bomb bomb, but that's stuff right. not anything not great. great. It also ruined my point about there's no forty million dollar movies anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm here for you. No, but it does. But I mean, but I mean, it's just like if you look back, like especially like in the '90s when I mean, I also think Hollywood didn't know what they were doing as far as the way they were spending. You would most studios they would have like a big movie a year, maybe that was like close to a hundred million or something that they would spend and then everything else would be like 30 to 40 crazy and you just don't really get those middle tier movies anymore i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah well also you got to add in like how much is their media like their their ad buy budget and stuff mm-hmm. like that because sometimes that could be like 100 million to 50 million depending on how many markets they're trying to like saturate oh my with. god yeah, yeah i can't i mean i don't i mean i honestly i mean i don't know i mean i know disney has to be making a mint but I mean, it, their spending is insane. Just like, well, mm. Netflix has that issue too. Wow. Um, That's but, interesting. Well, thanks for participating and keeping tabs. I know it's a little bit uh, weird and different, but that's a perfect example of something that you looked up. Yeah. Um, for me this week, uh, I'm going to talk about Shrimply Pebbles. I just want to make sure I'm going to put I'm, one one final time, y'all. And then I did I, I did actually copy and paste this directly from IMDb that's, as a comment on YouTube. That's the best on, name. We should, we should have a Shrimply Pebbles segment. It's actually the name of my uh, hard drives at work. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, Rick and Morty TV series Shrimply Pebbles on Interdimensional Cable 2 Tempting Fate 2015. Werner Herzog is listed as the Shrimply Pebbles voice. That's my keeping tabs for this week. I will continue to um, try to let this go. All right. (laughs) Somebody actually mentioned, there was a comment about that, though, where I guess I didn't copy that one down. But I swear one of the comments said they got it wrong on IMDb, too. It's like, how do you know that? Well, that's just what we're seeing, people. So that's just what we're going to do. Well, it's Um, like, what are we supposed to go by? You know, know. our hearts. We're going to go just off of our hearts, just wildness and craziness. 
All right, let's move on to the comment section. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. This is my favorite part, uh, that and the feedback questions. And today, since we don't have Mr. Follow the Rules of the Show, Aaron Dicer, we're going to spend the next five hours talking about my favorite comments from this uh, last week. Um, Go for it. <laughs> uh, uh, Creasy, did you go on and see any comments that you thought, thought were interesting or fun that you wanted to call out? Yeah, I had mentioned them when we were talking over the sections, but I mean, like, there were a okay. few that were just, you know, like some gems. Uh, there's there were some that were definitely mentioning, like Ron not making a Ron Perlman uh, trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I mean, yeah, there I, I mentioned most of them earlier. So cool. Um, Mr. Jonathan? Um, the one I'll mention, because I've mentioned a few of them, we talked about the pulling the helmet off, and we talked a little bit about the, uh, did we, we talked about the code at the beginning of Mandalorian, right? Didn't we mention a comment about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cape, yeah. But I do have another one from the Mandalorian where, and I thought this was just interesting, because I didn't, I didn't think about it this way, but this is, this is brilliant. Uh, Andrew Tucker said, it only just occurred to me as he was sending it, that when Mando said, bring him hot or cold, bring him in hot or cold comment, he was actually referring to the carbonite freezing and not just making a death threat. Um, I mean, I don't, he wasn't calling out our sin. I mean, our sin still stands. That was definitely a uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hard way or easy way. But, uh, but I didn't, I didn't think about it that it was, uh, I didn't either. It was a literal thing. Yeah, I didn't either. And I love yeah. that comment. That's why I think the comment section is fun for me is I do yeah. get to learn some things. Cause I mean, we can't catch everything, but that was, no, that was great. No, we don't. Yeah, um, I I'm, about that. I went to My Hero Academia to find some uh, noobly plays said, so just to make this clear, you didn't really start a series in the middle of its second season and expect (laughs) it to make sense, right? And the comment from J. Kidd is the one that I really wanted to focus on, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, J. Kidd said, no, he started in the middle because he was annoyed at his fan base bugging him to death on making a video on this specific episode. So he did, skipping the entire first season to send this show as hard as he could so everyone who was pestering him would shut up about it. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite right. Uh, Not quite right, but hilarious nonetheless. Uh, I think that wraps it up for comment section. It's a quick one this week. We're going to move on to feedback and questions. So um, this uh, is from MJ. I want to just go right into some fun stuff. We got a direct uh, feedback from you guys. This is from MJ about our conversation on grunge last week. And I wanted to um, read it to you guys. Okay. Uh, MJ said, I grew up in a crappy town in Washington. Um, I actually, let me tell you a little bit of backstory first. Uh, Uh, MJ reached out and said, hey, is it okay if I tell you my thoughts on grunge music? Um, And I'm like, yeah, my DMs are open for a reason. I love hearing your guys' thoughts. Uh, And so um, this was kind of a cool um, moment where we got to talk about music and its impact in our lives. And so this was grunge, uh, grunge music's impact on MJ. So says so I grew up in a crappy town in Washington and most of my life I struggled socializing and meeting people and I still do sometimes to be honest. I was suffering from depression pretty heavily and was considering suicide but I was introduced to grunge by someone I went to school with and a lot of what they were singing about was stuff I felt and things I was going through. After I went and got help and have been getting better I've been able to find myself and get off drugs moved to Seattle and have made something with myself. And I contribute a lot of that to hearing people struggling with the same stuff that I did. 
um, or the same mm-hmm. stuff I was at the time through grunge rock. So um, we didn't uh, poo-poo on grunge at any point, uh, I don't feel. And I made sure, like, oh, did you think, you know, that we were kind of like... Yeah, no, I don't think we did it. I talked about it. how much I liked it. Yeah, and he and same thing. MJ was like, no, 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 I didn't get that. I just wanted to really highlight. Uh, and so we had a great just back and forth there oh, for a little cool. bit about how music of all genres can make uh, an impact in ways you don't expect. And sometimes there's genres where, you know, like... Uh, maybe genres where they're, you know, scream singing or something. And mm. to you, it doesn't sound like anything. But to someone else, it's like a salvation moment where oh, they yeah, can absolutely. super, super That's relate. a great thing about music. Yeah. So thank you for that uh, feedback on last week's episode. And then also this week from Brady on Twitter, what happened to the troublesome outtake from Zombieland 2? Is it gone? Is it erased from existence? Is it reduced to atoms? Also a nice callback because uh, you remember that conversation. Um, Jonathan, I don't think we have gone back in and tried that to. Was, we had to move some videos around. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we had the the previously on was from The Mandalorian, but we were actually yep. releasing The Mandalorian later. Yes. Um, so we had so to kind of snip to, it off. We, just, we had to correct that. But um, if you're a patron, <laughs> patrons. I don't want to steal Aaron's thing. Can I say oh, patrons you... get those perks? Um, sure. <laughs> but um, no, but seriously, but if you're, you know, paid, some patrons got to uh, got to see that because I believe on the Patreon page, it played as normal. Um, yeah. And then and... we corrected it for the, uh, and that wasn't like on purpose. It just, the way things worked out. Yeah. Um, and, and we're going to we try to. For the mass release. Mm-hmm. We'll try to go back in and see if we can uh, get it on the main channel too. Yeah, but we it might. Don't one hundred percent know about that yet. Uh, we were talking about doing that. Yeah, um, but Aaron but was thank- about to go hang out with Quentin Tarantino. So right. Uh, so know, he might have been a little too busy. Whatever busyness. But thank <laughs> you for the tweet because that reminds us to go back and make sure that we have an opportunity to do those things. All right, and now back to the question that I actually sent you guys in your email. This comes from Seth. He says, hey, B-teamers, I'm curious if you all as writers or people, in Chris Creasy's case, I mean, he's technically writes stuff on email, so you're a writer too, <laughs> like, I guess. Are writers not people? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're aliens. Um, I'm curious if you guys have specific language or grammar pet peeves, anything that makes you twitch when editing or when watching a movie or reading a book, uh, the latter only for Jonathan and Danae, since I'm told Aaron can't read. That's true. <laughs> it's tragic. It's, it's true. Yeah, he has a really difficult time with that. Thank you for, for pointing that out. Hopefully he won't listen to the show and be self-conscious. Um, anyways, he says, since I've got your attention now, here's a few of his. The This begs the question, followed by the question, uh, is one that bothers him. This is never, ever correct. Begging the question is a specific thing. Uh, it's not that, which I didn't really think about. And he actually points out that we do this like on our show. So mm-hmm. we drive him nuts. Um, comprised of, also never correct. The whole comprises the part. So the United States comprises 50 states, not the United States is comprised of 50 states. I'm going to blame my teachers on this one. I don't. I wasn't taught correctly. So that's two out of these four that uh, I fail on putting an S on things where it's not needed, either where an apostrophe or without as in daylight savings. It is daylight saving singular 
or Groundhog's Day when it is Groundhog Day. I used to do that one. I stopped because I got called out on radio. And the last one referenced is Hone In On. I did not know this. It's Home. Home In On. I don't agree with you, by the way. Um, I think Hone is a word, so yeah. Yeah, I think they both, I think technically they both work. I mean, maybe, maybe like that is the quote-unquote correct way to do it but i I think they've both been accepted although there are some things that have become accepted just because so many people do it uh webster finally just said all right fine we'll put that in dictionary i'm I'm loving seth uh his little snarkiness and uh he goes on he finishes by saying now what i'm really looking for here is for you to mention your co-writers verbal or written tics that make you twitch (laughs) fight um and then mentions he has heard us use these on his list before god bless you for continuing to listen even though we apparently drive you insane um uh creasy why don't you start you have one of these that kind of drives you nuts either one on the list that you're like yep that's one of mine or one that you could think of i i I tend not to judge people's grammar or how they write because one i'm a i i am notorious for not putting apostrophes where they need to be or commas or semicolons uh so i tend i tend not to judge when it comes to grammar i I blame it on my uh mississippi uh public education there you go but uh no i mean uh i really don't have any ticks for uh people's verbal things or um yeah Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that that's one of those. Mine, mine usually, my my texts usually come from like habits that people have of like doing a thing, like clicking their jaw or like popping their fingers oh, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, nothing uh, from their like lingual uh, pet peeves. Uh, Jonathan, um, you know it's funny the uh, the S thing. I didn't even think about this, even though I read that in the email. I didn't think about this till now. But the one thing here, which I mean, you guys have these too, but. Um, uh, people call the grocery store a lot of the time Kroger's. That drives me absolutely nuts because <laughs> there is no S on the end of that. That just made me think of that when he was talking about the S on the end of things. But um, first off, our writing, it, for our writing, we write uh, mostly dialogue, um, which is very different than, you know, writing like, uh, you know, uh, non-dialogue i guess because with dialogue we can kind of like play with words and create our own words and um we obviously still have to try to stick with like commas and apostrophes in the correct places and stuff but like our wording can can kind of vary with dialogue just because this is somebody saying something as opposed to you know um uh, something else um i hope that made sense i don't know why that made more sense in my head than when i started talking about it <laughs> i i had that happen to me all the time <laughs> i know it's crazy but um and then i like creasy i try not to judge i try not to judge too much on when, what people say because talking especially like when we're doing a podcast or something i mean a lot of it is just you know stream of consciousness and um you, you know you're just going to say things incorrectly sometimes um but as far as writing um as far as like when i'm reading a book or something um, think, I think this is pretty normal for a lot of people. Like overuse of adverbs gets on my nerves. Um, living in the South, I, I get really irritated hearing you did good. That's a, or just using good instead of well. I think that's a pretty common thing for people um, in the South to get irritated with. Ending a sentence with a preposition is always annoying. Um, 
And then, uh, oh, and then the big one for me is people that don't know the difference between figuratively and literally. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. that kills me. Yeah. When people say things like, I literally shit my pants, you're just kind of like, oh, <laughs> I, that must have sucked. Yeah. So you're not a Chris Traeger fan then, I guess. Huh? <laughs> Said you're not a Chris Traeger fan. <laughs> or Rob Lowe. That is for sure. <clears throat> it's Rob Lowe's character on Parks and Rec. He, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's like yeah, his catchphrase. Right. Yeah, that's right. I'm he does literally. say literally a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll answer one for Aaron. I've worked with him long enough that we've, we've kind of talked about this before. There's one that stands out and it's where, uh, people say like ATM machine mm-hmm. when the M stands for machine. So you're saying automated, whatever machine machine. Yeah. Um, he points that out a lot, like in shows and stuff, like he'll, he'll make that yeah. sin. Uh, so that's what I know off the top of my head, that one for me, um, it's ours where they don't, they're not supposed to be in words. And that's in spoken language. Benjamin Warsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin drives me crazy. My brother's name is Benjamin. And so my mom would always get frustrated when people misspoke. Uh, and, and I live in the Ozarks. And so there's some hillbillyisms that happen here. And R in words is definitely one of them. Uh, personally, the other ones that drive me crazy is when people say could have instead of could have. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I think it's conjunction. It's could have. Um, but when they're writing it out, if it's could and then the word OF, I'm like, well, that's that kind of that's one that just sort of gets me. But the biggest one is misusing I could care less. People say I couldn't care less versus I could one. care less. That that one it kind of tweaks my brain because then I have to do the mental math and then just go, you know what? I know what you mean. <laughs> and I'm kind of with you, Creasy. I, I kind of go with the I know what you mean version of stuff. So it doesn't drive me nuts like it used to, um, especially since I know that I mess up stuff all the time. So it's just kind of what it language is. Language evolves. In fact, I believe that the word literally was changed in the dictionary to include both versions where Probably. you're being sarcastic that's, that's kind of what this, happens is yeah they at this just point up, in language it just changes so yeah that's like um, ain't in the dictionary i mean yeah eventually they're just like yeah you can use it for this that's fine but i think yeet is in the dictionary now too right like there you go oh yeet. my god really i didn't know that um I, it's interesting in what there. you said about like the putting the r and then you use the name i don't know if this really goes with grammar but and i've talked about this before but when someone introduces himself to you Call them by the name they told you. Yes, instead of saying, oh, it's nice to meet you, John. Yes. If yeah. they say Jonathan, let's go Call with them Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. They say it that way for a reason. If they say Michael, don't call him Mike. That's there was somebody rude. on Twitter, a guy that I guess I follow, his name is also Jonathan, and there was some there was something going around on Twitter recently about what people call you. Um, and... He his name is Jonathan. He was saying it irritates him when people call him Jono, and I'm like, oh, that's a new one. I have that's never new. heard that one. Jono, <laughs> thank oh my God, gosh. that's crazy. <laughs> uh, thanks for sending in your guys' questions and comments, um, and also thanks for enduring this extra long segment today. Let's move on to Beyond the Sins. <laughs> to infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. So here we are in the final leg of the show. 
Um, and beyond the sins, we like to chat, to chat about something else from the pop culture world that you have seen or interacted with recently that you just kind of want to give a shout out to. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Creasy again. Yeah. Uh, is there something that you would like to highlight? Either something that you've watched or played or whatever that you want to tell all of the wonderful people about? Well, <clears throat> I will talk about this uh, show that I think doesn't get a lot of uh, like press and highlight, or, or it is now, I guess. Uh, I watched uh, Hank Azaria's uh, Brockmire, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize how good a show that was until I binge-watched it all in one weekend. Because I'd watched this first season once before, and I was just like, oh, this is a funny concept of a, a drunk baseball announcer who's ruined his life and has become like an internet sensation, but then ends up having to start, restart his career in this like, like just crap hole of a town that has to like... Uh, just kind of make his way back up. Uh, and it's a really interesting take on functional alcoholism in a way. <laughs> but uh, huh. it's, just, it's just so funny. Hank Azair's, the way he narrates and the way the character talks about himself in the third person is so hilarious. Uh, um, so I kind of like just burnt through that with my roommate this weekend. And that, that's been one of the great things, uh, one of the great uh, shows that I've kind of found that I haven't seen a lot of. Um, because he does a really great job of storytelling in the weirdest of ways. Yeah, I believe the final season's about to air. Yeah, I, I think, think it has a season right. four for on Hulu. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there's a new season starting here shortly, and it's going to be the final. I, I think that's right. Um, cool. I need yeah. to watch this show. Um, I will say, I think the reason I didn't start watching it is because I because I'm a huge baseball fan, yeah. um, and I like Hank Azaria. Um, and I know this isn't directly about baseball, but he is a baseball announcer, so um, it should be interesting to me. But uh, IFC original programming has not been my favorite thing. I'm, there's something about it that just doesn't click with me, like stuff like Portlandia and Comedy Bang Bang. Um, so I think that's kind of why I was a little leery to watch this, but I've had so many people tell me that I'd love it that I guess I have to give it a shot. Do it. Um, and now you're yeah. in all of your free time. So. Do it. Hank Azaria through the series does a really great way of like, he comments, he's kind of commenting on someone who doesn't know anything about the internet at the beginning. And then he's kind of commenting on the internet itself and what it's doing to our culture. And then like the third mm-hmm. season is like kind of a little bit about that. Like these are not like main themes in the show, but like they're in the background and he's like, you know, gotcha. Yeah. Cause isn't like, he like trying to stay relevant? Essentially, yeah, he's yeah. he's he like, makes like he starts a podcast, not to ruin and spoil anything for anybody, but uh, that ends up you know making generating a ton of money, ends up being the second podcast in the U.S. on the show. Uh, but he's yeah. still he's still narr- he's still uh, broadcasting baseball, which is his passion. But he's definitely making less money doing that than what he uh, than yeah. the other stuff. So. But it's kind of funny because, I mean, that's one area I don't think things have really changed that much, like as far like broadcasting yeah. uh, sports. Um, I'm sure they will eventually. And I guess you probably do get a little more statistical analysis and stuff like that than you used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe once some of these older people like Joe Buck and, uh, you know, Colin, uh, uh, Collinsworth and all these people, once they retire eventually, maybe, maybe the younger people will be a little different. But... Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's pretty that's an interesting subject. All I know is if Brockmeyer if the uh if Hank Azaria as Brockmeyer uh was to like uh do call a Cubs game, I'd watch it. <laughs> <'Cause>... 
<laughs> I, 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 I just, you know, sometimes... I like Len and JD. Leave Len and JD alone. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just sometimes listening to them talk about the game is not as interesting as, like, hearing them talk about the game, but also talking about other things going on in the game instead of just the t- statistics and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. You kind of yeah. miss, like, that Harry Carey. Yeah. Because well, uh, baseball's gotten so commentary. slow. <laughs> <laughs> By, like, the sixth inning. You know, you're always, you're always like, is this the day he's going to fall out of the booth when he sings the seventh inning stretch? Yeah. Aw, <laughs> oh, poor Harry Carey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, I've just been playing video games. I'd finished uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and I've started that uh, Outer Worlds game. The other night, Ooh, so. that's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what any of that means, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. That's okay. Oh, I yeah. didn't know what any of the previous stuff was, so we, we make a great team. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard uh, it. I know Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, I know it exists. Like I've I've seen a lot of people tweet about it. Um, yeah. my daughter's getting more into games. I might actually like with these new systems coming out this Christmas. We might we might be getting our first system. Cool. Yeah. Because there's yeah. a new Xbox and a new PlayStation that are supposed to drop mm-hmm. right around Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure you buy the right Xbox. <laughs> what do you mean? Because the name of it, it's just so ridiculous. It's like the Xbox One Series X or something like that. Would, like, you, would you recommend Xbox over PlayStation just in general? I, if you're going to buy an Xbox, I'd just say buy a PC. <laughs> and then, because uh, to be honest, you'll get, you'll get pretty much the same titles on that. And then you'll have a... You'll have a better system because if you just build up your own computer, uh, which I did mm-hmm. recently last this time last year. Uh, but I'm a I'm a I'm a Sony uh, fandom. I've had a I've ever have pretty much every PlayStation console except for PlayStation okay. Two. So uh, <clears throat> I'll probably end I up getting the five eventually. I haven't heard anything because I haven't looked into it about Google's gaming system that they just came out with. That you I, I, is it into it like any. Chrome, like you plug in essentially like a little Chrome dongle into a smart computer, and then that's the gaming. So you pretty much just can take it wherever you go with you. Have you guys seen that? Stadia, yeah. I'm, apparently, it's supposed to work on any uh, any device as long as you have Stadia yeah. downloaded, um, and then it has Stadia, like a box yeah. for your TV. I haven't played it myself, but the internet has roasted it really hard. Have it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I haven't looked at any of the reviews. I was going to wait to see. But you know, for me, I ha- I I'm fully mobile gaming. Just as an as a mom, having lost all of my free time, <laughs> I don't get to just sit down and like play a game anymore. So, but I also did PlayStation, and we really enjoyed our PlayStation a lot. So, but when your daughter um, gets older, if she's into gaming, you'll play games with her, which would be sweet. Yeah, immediately teach her how to play those shooter games and we can go snipe people. Uh, <laughs> cool. Well, when it gets closer to Christmas 2020, I might holler at you, Creasy. Oh, yeah. More um, than welcome. Hey, Jonathan, I'm going to have you finish this segment. So I'm going to cool. just slide in. Speaking of games, I do have a game this week, but this time it's not a uh, a mobile game. This is actually a tabletop game that you can play with your friends and family. It's called Sagrada. S-A-G-R-A-D-A. Is this the one you were uh, tweeting about that your aunt got you? Yeah. I okay, really cool. freaking like this game a bunch. I think it's like... I want to say about 40 bucks to get the the game itself, which if I remember correctly is about how much it costs to play. Um, oh, I just lost the name of the game. Maybe it'll come to me later on. So I would say it's not like, I mean, $40 to, to buy a game isn't super cheap, 
but uh, essentially you have like um, it's a draft dice game that is also about making like a little stained glass window uh, art project. So m- mixed with um, cleverness, I don't know how to describe it a hundred percent. So just go look at it. If you're looking for a game to play with your family, uh, you have like your own little board in front of you. And that's like your quote unquote stained glass window. And then they have colorful dice and you pull a certain number of dice out, you roll them and you try to put them into your stained glass window in a particular pattern. Some of it's a pattern that they give to you that you have to put where it is on your little board. And some of it's stuff that you kind of get to decide yourself. It's not technically supposed to be about the colors and how pretty they are. Uh, You also have like objectives each round that you uh, that you play. So like, for example, maybe your objective is that you get as many pairs of ones and twos as possible. So whenever you're looking at the dice that have been rolled and there's like a two, you might want to place it because you can get extra points for that later on. So anyhow, there's lots of different objectives. There's different tools that you can play. It's all explained really, really well. Um, And my husband and I do not like to play games together very often, but we play this one as often as possible because it's it's genuinely a lot of fun. And they just came out with an expansion pack. So we're going to be getting new little inserts and some new dice and some new objectives. So it's not like a dice game like you know I love because you guys know I love D&D. It's Mm. not that. It's... um, kind of more clever uh, placement of dice on a board where the colors aren't touching and the numbers aren't touching, but you're still getting your objective. So there's definitely logic involved and it is a fun, a really fun game, I think. So So again, it's called Sagrada. That sounds awesome. I'm really curious though. Why do you guys not like to play games together? Does one of you not like to lose? (laughs) Is Um, it a competitive thing? No, I don't know. We we just don't make time to do it. We have like oh, our okay. own stuff. No, we we did used to play a game called Gubs together regularly, and that was a lot of fun too. Um, that we that we played. Uh, what that, that freaking name of that game? It just is right there on the tip of my tongue. It's one where if Aaron would hear, he'd be able to tell me. It's like an a it's a game where there's a breakout happening. Uh, yeah. Let me see if I can look it up super quick. No, my wife is so competitive though that like she wouldn't play games with me for a while because she didn't want to be mad at me because I beat her if if I did. Yeah, um, we, not we've that gotten she better at that. <laughs> huh? Pandemic. That's the name. Pandemic. Oh. If you've never, uh, oh. pandemic is a, another kind of more expensive board game where you're you know you're having to buy a game that costs a little bit more than like a twenty buck simple game or something or a five dollar digital game. Yeah, so, and I can't remember if that's based off of a computer game first though. Pandemic? Pandemic? I don't know. I really like that game. That's a fun one. Board Um, games are super interesting now. There's a lot of... I think people are having to be more creative with them. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff out there. A lot of Kickstarter-funded games out there, too. Yeah, a lot of Kickstarter, Patreon. Well, this is definitely one I would recommend. Uh, You have your own personal objectives, and, and that's kind of fun. And then at the end, you tally up all of your points, and you see who wins... Uh, it is beautiful to look at. The colors are really, really pretty. Uh, so Sagrada is my suggestion this week. Uh, all right, Jonathan, what about you? Um, I wanted to, to herald, uh, the, uh, wonderful, wonderful pilot that I watched last week for, uh, Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Oh yeah. On, on I've been NBC. seeing a lot of buzz about that. Uh, yeah. And it didn't, it, um, 
it didn't do great. I don't know if it's getting, you know, because, I mean, network viewing and TV viewing in general is so weird these days. So it's possible that it's delayed viewing has, has bumped it up a bunch. I did notice that NBC released it on YouTube, and that's got almost 8 million views. So oh, wow. so hopefully people are checking it out. It's not going to come back, though, till February 16th, which is a Sunday. Um, that's going to be its normal night. But um, it's one of the best pilots I've ever seen. It I don't know. Like, it's really hard to talk about TV shows, and you've only seen one episode. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely I'm definitely in for the long run, at least for the first season, to see where it goes. Um, but Jane Levy, for those that don't know, Jane Levy plays a character named Zoe, um, who is a coder, which is a really interesting uh, job that I don't see often shown in television and movies. Uh, she's a coder for this company that develops apps, and um, she has recently. Uh, her father has come down with a really I don't I don't know I don't think they say the disease but it's some kind of thing where he keeps losing different abilities and when the show starts at this point like he's basically just a vegetable like he he can sit up and uh, he can you know they they have to but they have to feed him he can't talk and all that kind of stuff so she's having really hard times with that and she gets um, she's getting these headaches and so she is a little concerned um, that you know, something's wrong with her. So she goes and checks it out and she gets a CAT scan. And while she's in there, there's an earthquake and cause they're in San Francisco and, um, the guy that's, uh, running the scan is playing music and somehow through the earthquake and her being stuck in that machine, all this music basically goes into her mind. And then she discovers soon after that, she can basically see people's innermost thoughts that are uh, shown to her in song and dance is the best way hmm. I could describe this. Ooh, that kind of um, reminds me of that uh, the one that we talked about before with Bjork. The uh, although it's a really dark movie, but the dancer in the dark. Where... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it also reminded me there was a show a few years ago called Eli Stone. It only lasted a season, and it it was definitely more real. I would say it was more based on the idea that God was possibly speaking to him. That was about a guy that got, uh, he had a, he found out he had uh, a spot in his brain uh, that could possibly turn into, or is an aneurysm. Would you actually call something an aneurysm if it hasn't actually exploded? I don't know. I think so. It's like a possible aneurysm. Yeah. So I guess he had something going on in his brain to where that could possibly happen. And then he started thinking that a God was speaking to him through song. Um, as far as they haven't mentioned God on this show yet, so I don't know where they're going with this. But uh, but it's just it's just a really clever, uh, a clever idea. Jane Levy is awesome. She was in uh, Suburgatory, which I think is still one of the most underrated sitcoms of all time from about 10 years ago. And uh, more recently, she was on the first season of Castle Rock. She's been in various movies. Um, she's great. Peter Gallagher plays her uh, her dad that's unfortunately dealing with the disease. Uh, there's a beautiful scene where uh, uh, he ends up singing to her. Um, you know, and um, uh, Skylar Austin from the the Pitch Perfect movies, he plays her coworker. Um, uh, 
I can't think of her name all of a sudden, but the the uh, woman from Gilmore Girls plays her boss. I, I'm not good at that. Aaron's really good at it. Let's let's just pretend that we heard her, the right answer. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, it's um, hold on one second. I can find it. Although I hate this IMDb page because they left everybody in order, so you have to like actually go down. Um, Lauren Graham is is her boss. But anyways, it's a wonderful show. I, I urge everyone to go check it out. Like I said, you can watch it on YouTube right now for free. Um, so I urge everybody to go check it out. Um, I think it's going to be a really cool show. I, I hope it I hope it ends up being a really cool show, but it's definitely started off well. And, uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation for the week. Well, cool. yeah, I hope, they, <clears throat> I hope it turns out great because I remember Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was in that same vein where it was just musically based as far as like yeah. how they delivered a lot of the story elements. That's um, a, that's a, that's probably a, that's probably a good comparison too. I did not watch that. My wife did, um, but I did see bits and pieces of it. Yeah, that's it's very similar. And also, it kind of feels like the Good Place. Like as as far as like the the style, it's it's very different than the Good Place. But it just I don't know. It kind of feels like it fits in that type of like viewership. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good suggestions all around, um, which means, y'all, we're at the end of our show today. Uh, once again, I don't have a script to go off of here, so let's let's just sound off. Uh, <laughs> Creasy, you got um, any plugs or anything? Yeah, Creasy, you have anything, like, I don't know, that you, your Twitter or project that you're working on or just anything else that you want to let everybody know is up in your world? Uh, I mean, I can get a hand on my Twitter uh, as at the Creasy. Uh, um, nothing, nothing that I can really talk about uh, as far as what I'm working on. But uh, there's some good stuff coming Ooh, it's down the line. Top secret? Yeah, <laughs> not top Ooh. secret, but just like you know, NDA. No, just uh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, but like, there's some great stuff coming down uh, from us at Made in Network. So if you, like. You'll see some great projects and videos coming from uh, a lot of our creator clients, like you guys at CinemaSins coming down the uh, pipeline. So it'll be great. And plus, with Sins Week coming up, I'm starting to get messages about logo designs and everything else this morning. So yeah. it'll be fun. It's time. It's yeah. pretty much go time. Uh, Jonathan, where can people connect with you? Um, on You can reach me on Twitter at SamLoomis13, and um, that's really basically the only place I'm at. <laughs> and for me personally, I'm on Twitter at says D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And of course, we have our uh, podcast Twitter, which is CinemaSinsBTS on Twitter. You can mm-hmm. find us there. Our email is bts at cinemasins.com or behind the sins at cinemasins.com. There's lots of ways to reach us. And of course, just a quick reminder, you want to check your email uh, if you are on the BTS newsletter. Some fun stuff is happening um, behind the scenes that you are going to want to know about. And if you aren't signed up for our newsletter, you can go do that right now at cinemasins.com slash BTS. That's a lot of information, none of which is what Aaron does, but he's not here. It's always weird so. to have to switch to behind the scenes, too, for me. I know. Like, you're like, behind the scenes of behind the sins. The sins. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, just imagine it's Sins Week. It's going to be that all the time. Non-stop. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for rating and reviewing the show. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. are the cream of the crop of the CinemaSins fans. You not only watch the videos, but you want to know more about how they're put together. And we can't thank you enough. Our download numbers continue to rise. That's always super exciting for us to see because... We can get some attention from some sweet sponsors and maybe even do more fun giveaway stuff for you guys in the future. So all the shout outs and all the uh, positivity, we really appreciate. Um, You can send all your questions, comments, and feedback to us, and we'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BehindTheSinsPod at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter. And be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. Well, friends, we did it. And now it's time for the the uh, part of the episode where I leave extra audio for Jonathan, just in case you want to use it. I'm reflecting on my role today. I think I fucking nailed it, y'all. I mean, come on. I was super prepared. I knew everything that was going to happen. I had notes. I kept the show flowing. I think because it's not like one of my bosses, I was way more relaxed. Like when Barrett was here before... I was so nervous. I was like, oh, God, what if I say something wrong? (laughs) And then I flubbed up. I mean, Jonathan did a great job editing. Like he edited out some stuff that was super ridiculous, like completely uh, forgetting stuff and doing it out of order or whatever. But today I felt super confident. I mean, I miss Aaron, though, so I'm probably going to, you know, let him be back in the driver's seat when he returns because this is where he sits and everything like. We wouldn't want him to sit on my side of the table. That's just weird. And while you're here in the outtakes listening for extra stuff, can I just tell you a little bit about this sticker giveaway thing? Did If you know about it or not. Um, I know not all of you signed up for the newsletter and not all of you follow our official BTS Twitter. So just to bring everybody up at once, um, in November we had a survey And the people who went to our website to fill out the survey were also asked to give us your newsletter. uh, I'm sorry, your email for our BTS newsletter. This is not the CinemaSins newsletter. This is just for this podcast. Uh, So I've already sent out a few um, emails. I've talked about them recently in the past as well. Uh, And I sent out uh, a newsletter last week about a sticker giveaway. So we have these little behind the scenes stickers and I'm wanting to give them away to uh, to you guys. But the only way that I can communicate with you directly is through email. And so if you want to sign up for the newsletter and learn more about the sticker giveaway, you can do that by going to cinemasins.com slash BTS. That's the website, cinemasins.com slash BTS. You'll see a box there for uh, a newsletter and just type in your email. And I plan on sending another email very, very soon with an update on where we are for the giveaway. Uh, The giveaway, again, it's just it's an appreciation for you guys for um, filling out the survey in November And of course, an appreciation for listening to the show and being a support to us. It's pretty incredible to be exposed to the CinemaSins fan base and have 
every single one of you guys just be phenomenal. Even those that give uh, critical feedback have done so, um, I think, in a really positive way, and it's super appreciated. So uh, this giveaway is kind of my attempt to uh, show appreciation and gratitude. Now, there's obviously way more of you than there are stickers, and so I obviously can't send something to every single person listening right now, um, but I'm going to do my very best to get something to as many of you guys as I possibly can because that just seems like a lot of fun for me. I'm the kind of person that likes everybody to win. Uh, But this will not be the last giveaway. So even if you don't get signed up for a sticker uh, and you're skipping this one for whatever reason, which is totally fine, we're going to have merch sometime soon. We're going to have another giveaway sometime soon. I just know it. Why do I know it? Because I'm going to bug my bosses until they let me do it. That's how I know it. I mean, I don't want to get fired. But I just think it's cool to have giveaways from time to time. So be sure that you like and subscribe and rate the show so that we can um, get more listeners and and have a sponsor and have giveaways. That's my plan. It's all part of my diabolical plan, which is not that diabolical when it means you guys get to have cool stuff right? Like that's the plan. Okay. I'm rambling now. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Like there weren't, I mean, it was pretty normal. Uh, you know, De Niro didn't get nominated. That was weird. Ford versus Ferrari got nominated for best picture. I thought that was an odd, um, but maybe it's been nominated more than I realized. Yeah. I've I've heard different things. I've heard people who, there are people who either who really, really love that movie or just think it's okay. it's a really, really good movie. I just, I don't, I just was surprised to get nominated because I just didn't think that was one that was in the discussion that much yeah. um, over like, I don't know, something like Knives Out or The Farewell or something. But, uh, but yeah. And then Frozen 2 didn't get nominated for Best Animated Feature, which was kind of shocking, although uh, rightfully so, it shouldn't have. The uh, Critics' Choice Awards for Best Animated was Toy Story 4. That got nominated. Yeah. Okay. You know, it was really interesting because, so I was watching all of it on Twitter. I've never paid attention to any of the award seasons ever before. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I should say until Aaron started going and then I sort of paid attention, but I've never been on Twitter. And there was this one dude, every single time Critics' Choice Awards posted the next winner, he responded with like a little few second video clip of himself sitting on the couch, like, commenting on whatever had happened and he wasn't wearing a shirt and he was missing his two front teeth and i was fascinated by this guy <laughs> well i was gonna say i was just surprised that uh greta gergwig uh didn't uh get elected or get it nominated for uh uh directing little women yeah well considered. especially and i'll be honest i haven't seen joker i'm gonna watch joker this week i haven't seen it yet but um I just Todd Phillips being nominated for an Oscar is just weird to me. <laughs> I enjoyed it's like it. the guy yeah. who directed Road Trip and The Hangover. It's... Oh, I was gonna say I was surprised Lupita didn't get nominated for us. Huh? Yeah, that was another one. Yeah, and I mean Cynthia Ervo got nominated for Harriet, and she's really good in that movie. But God, that movie is terrible. I wish that there should be room for Lupita. Yeah. Yeah. Room for Lapita. I uh I follow uh he said something along the lines of about the Critics Choice Awards. 
He said, why are we having another award show where we're awarding the exact same people we awarded on the Golden Globes? They're just dressed differently. I'm <laughs> really curious what Aaron has to say about that. <laughs> Aaron, that was so interesting to watch him on Twitter last night. Did you see that he be- he became the Critics' Choice Award photographer? Oh, by I the- know, and he's going to... Oh, he's going to be annoying about that Google phone. I'm telling you. I mean, it's a really <laughs> sweet camera. No, no, I'm sure it's amazing. I just, that's just not, I, I'm not, the, a, I'm not a camera guy. I'm not a picture taker. It so. was so crazy because, you know, I asked him if he saw Kristen Bell to try to thank her. He wanted to talk to her about her work on, um, oh, what's the show she's doing where she's going and reviving like um, musicals? Uh, uh, encore, maybe? On Encore? Yeah, maybe that's it. Oh, yeah, the Disney Plus show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to go and comment on that. And I said, well, would you mind also if you have time? Because, I mean, obviously, that's a big issue with the celebrities being (laughs) like Mm -hmm. they're whisked around everywhere. To thank her for uh, what she did for my family when I was in um, Florida in Orlando years back during Hurricane Irma, we couldn't get out. Our flights were canceled. And the only way out was to drive. Um, and we had a rented van, but the problem was that all of the routes out, it was bumper to bumper traffic and food was low and gas was low and I had an infant. And so I was like, okay, do we just hunker down here in this hotel that mm-hmm. says that they have a backup generator and they're really you know, secure or do we like get on the highway where it's just like pandemonium? So we decided to stay through the hurricane, but um, my friends were like tweeting about my situation and Kristen Bell messaged me directly and asked if she could help. Like, she's like, I will pay for, you know, a car to get you out if that's an issue. Oh, wow. I oh, know. Yeah. It was absolutely shocking. But she was really involved, I think, in a lot of the stuff that was happening uh, oh. during that time. Because she went and sang at, like, a shelter or something. Because I was watching her really closely afterwards. It was safest for us to stay at that point. So I declined her offer. But I thought it would be kind of cool if Aaron could thank her on my behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, so he texts me this picture. He's like letting me know he was right there next to Kristen. And then the next thing I see is that the Critics' Choice used his photo for their like official feed. And they had invited him backstage to start taking pictures of the celebrities as they were like standing in front of that wall holding their awards or whatever. Because his camera on his phone is so legit amazing. And then also, interesting thing of note, there's a picture of I don't remember the girl, but it's um, Quentin Tarantino standing with the actress, and uh, that picture, if you go look at it, was actually taken in the dark, and it it's you no know, Pixel Four has that cool. Yeah, I think he tweeted that he said this was yeah. it was it was almost black it was almost dark or it was basically yeah. dark when I took mm-hmm. it. So crazy, and he used that during Sin Week um, before too with everybody mm-hmm. from Sin Week last year as well. But yeah, no, everything looked cool. I mean, they, it almost looked like uh, it was almost like so good it looked like not real. Yeah, because it was kind of blurry on the edges a bit. <laughs> yeah, like people were commenting. Like there was a couple of comments. He took a picture. I can't remember the actor's name. He played Moriarty on the on the Sherlock show with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, and he was in. I think he was, oh Andrew Scott. Yeah, Andrew Scott is he in Fleabag? Yeah, he's in Fleabag Maybe? as well. The second okay, season. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he took a picture of him, and somebody even commented that it looked like it was like uh, like a CG insert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like they really good. They just inserted him in between <laughs> these other things. 
all that stuff. But, but you think about it, like, he invited his wife to go with him mm-hmm. to the Critics' Choice Awards, and then at some point, someone must have come up and been like, we need you behind stage. And so he's like, see you, wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Bong Joon-ho with Parasite and Sam Mendes from 1917. Oh, yeah, that's tied. right. Yes, and they then tied. I think there's even, hold on a second, I'm curious about this, because I think the Oscars have even had a tie before. But here... But here we go, six ties. So in 1932, Oscars, Frederick March and Wallace Beery tied for Best Actor. Although it says March had one more vote, so maybe it's a percentage thing. Best Documentary Short Subject tied in 1950. Best Actress in 1969. Um, It was Catherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand. Names I know. (laughs) Best Documentary Feature in 1987, Best Short Film in 1995, and Best Sound Editing in 2013. Interesting. But obviously very rare if it's only happened six times, but yeah. (laughs) That works. We did it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 